Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, the 21st of August, 2021. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Unnecessary intro sync. And Robert Kemp. Yeah, that would, we didn't really need the Because no. <laughs> we're all in the same room. Does anyone really need snowy cream? <laughs> I mean, only, I mean, when does one need snow? I guess when you're skiing, so... Could you? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're praying for snow, but snowy cream. Could that... you freeze cream into like snowflakes, like with the fat part of it prevent it from forming snow? Essentially, yeah. You just end up with slush or like they're people it's ice cream, I guess. <laughs> That's what like, we're talking about. Creamy ice cream, don't they? But... <laughs> creamy cream ice cream <laughs> with cream. <laughs> creamy cream ice cream with cream. <laughs> yeah, but the with cream part of that isn't like snowified, is it? It's the creamy cream ice cream that's like. The, the frozen Easter. Yeah. Snowified. Yeah. It's like, I guess ice cream. I don't know. It's like, can could a snowflake form if the water had too much stuff that wasn't water in it? Is the question, I suppose. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's like, I was about to say that's what salt does, but that's not what salt does. Salt just lowers the melting point. Yeah. Or but doesn't doesn't a, no, lowers. Lowers, a yeah. doesn't a snowflake form on some kind of nucleating like dust yeah. particle or something somewhere yeah. high up where it's super and then it's cold. just water outwards from that from there yeah so probably if there's anything in the water you don't get snow probably snowflakes well yeah uh, why don't flakes do 3D is that a thing or are oh, always... it's to do with the structure isn't yeah it? it's just the shape of the water atom because the water atom is essentially 2d is oh. a molecule not atom because it's the two hydrogens and the oxygen are just in a straight line conveniently yeah so when they hook together but then you can get ice cubes obviously 3d right but i guess they're forced to they don't naturally form into yeah well, because it was it was water when it started whereas snowflakes are essentially formed out of gas more or less right. water vapor that then condenses onto the nucleation and then forms the crystal structure. Whereas salt, conversely, actually does form cubic yeah. like crystal lattice. Right? I mean, there's other shapes of ice, if you want to get into all the different types of ice. Yeah, what kind of ice could I have? I don't actually know about any of them. I don't remember the specifics of any of like the numbered versions of ice. Like the, they, they number them? Yeah. Because of the different, ty- it's all it's all like you know ridiculous high pressure, high right stuff that forms inside Jupiter or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where it's like ice nine. <laughs> oh, like, right. Okay. She don't like have a delta variant of ice. I think you can get at least one of the other kinds on Earth in like Earth ice. conditions. <laughs> but you presumably you can make Jupiter ice nine in a lab somehow. Yeah, that's how they know about it. But can you make it from cream and then <laughs> yeah, like ice cream, cream nine? What cream <laughs> is the ice shaped uh, ice cream? Is that what this effectively is? It would be like weird structural ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to eat it because as soon as you expose it to non Jupiter yeah. like pressures, it would just <laughs> <laughs> it would no longer it would become boring terrestrial ice cream. It would probably. <laughs> Instantly evaporate, presumably, because the temp- temperature is presumably way higher because of the pressure. So does that mean, like, regular ice is just ice one? Yeah, basically. Right. And presumably you can make ice any uh, ice one from, like, 
heavy water, right? Which is a different isotope. Isotope. I feel. I think there might be some difference in heavy water ice. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think it's the same as the numbered ices. Uh, Those are all just for regular water. Hmm. Yeah. Is heavy water like the same density? No, it, as well. I think like, it, or is it actually denser? I don't know about density. That's that's a because that's a different interaction, isn't it? That's not just the weight of the molecules that right, has yeah. much to do with density. I, I, no, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's, is, it's slightly heavier to start with, which yeah. theoretically would make it less dense if it occupied the same volume. But <laughs> I guess what yeah, I guess I'm like is heavy water the right name for it? No, like, of course yeah. not. It's a typical science naming yeah. thing where someone just called it that at some point, and that's what everyone calls it now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's right. It's the heavy isotopes of hydrogen. Yeah, used to make water. Used molecules. to make water. Yeah, but <laughs> so it is heavier than regular water. But that's not really necessarily got anything to do with its density. Hmm. I would guess it's probably very close to the same density because the only thing that should affect that would be the electrons on the outer edges of the molecule, which it's the same number of, even if it's heavy. <laughs> Is it safe to put in ice cream, though? No. <laughs> no. I, I, hear, I hear if you just get a glass of heavy water and drink it, it's probably bad for you. It's very bad. What, just because it's radioactive? Or, or no, it's not radioactive. It's just like it, not all the normal chemical processes don't work quite the same, the way, same way as with oh. regular water. Oh, no, really? Don't, don't mess with... Yeah. Man, that's a properly sneaky poison, though. Well, I don't think it would necessarily kill you like instantly. <laughs> it's not like incredibly deadly. It would probably right. just make you unwell. No, but I mean, like, you just... What if you'd like could slip someone, like change their water supply for like however many days it would take? Yeah, this incredibly expensive and rare material. Super rare. You just change it back, and there's no trace. (laughs) Except there is, because there's heavy water all over the place in the pipes and everything. And somehow you would have had to like intercept their actual like water pipes or whatever to to change it completely over to a heavy water supply. (laughs) You could do it. But what if they were like determined? What if they were like the type of person that used like brittle water filters? Ah. I don't think you could have a water filter that changes regular water into heavy it's water. Heavy. That would be very helpful in other places. But, would it, <laughs> but could you have a filter that would filter out heavy water from regular? You'd need a centrifuge. You'd, you'd, you'd have like <laughs> you put the brittle water filter on the table, and then about twelve months later, you'd have a glass of water. Yeah, <laughs> like it would. Be, it would be kind of noticeable. You could use a salad spinner to separate the cut the heavier heavy water to the side of the salad spinner and keep the it's, keep the ordinary water in the it's middle. Well aged. <laughs> This is aged water. <laughs> it's a vintage, like a fine wine. <laughs> you just you just have to market it right, and then you can kill anyone you want. <laughs> <laughs> just use the old polonium. That's a trick. Or any other or various poisons. Any... That are much easier to get hold yeah, of than that. Convenient poisons. This is a podcast about video games. Maybe <laughs> not about poison. Depends. Depends on how much we actually want to talk about video games this week. On this three weeks, even. Somehow, even in three weeks, we might not have enough to talk about. Well, we shall see. Yeah it's, not, it's, yeah, it's not a strong news week, but it's been three weeks, so surely we have games. Do we, though? Games! <laughs> so what has been going on in in video game news? Nothing. Oh, we go straight to news, are we? Wow. Well, we just had the random section. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> we were not paying attention for the last like fifteen minutes, where we had a real bullshit conversation. <laughs> I mean, about theoretical science. <laughs> we've got we that don't out actually of the way. know. The, the yeah. fact that it was only seven minutes is unusual, right? Normally, it's like forty-five. <laughs> I guess sometimes the news is normally longer. I mean, we could talk about that suicide 
Suicide? Suicide oh, Squad film. Apparently you can't talk about that Suicide Squad. <laughs> no. Okay, let's break out the film film review. Rob's re- film review, It's 14 minutes. It's surprisingly all right. Yeah. It, it was a decent fun time. Isn't it not that big a surprise because it's the... It's, it's the, James Gunn. The James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, who I guess got fired from Marvel because of some tweets he made ages ago and like then got 10 reinstated. Or 20 years ago, yeah. And in between, he sort of made this. He bug- buggered off and made this for DC instead. He like rebooted yeah. Suicide Squad within about two years. I mean, kind of, I guess. I, I mean, it's, it is, it's supposed to be a follow on, but it's sort of not really. They kind of step away from that pretty quick. Um, other than, you know, Harley Quinn's about. That's kind of. The one thing that everyone loves from Suicide Squad is and that's probably Robbie just Harley Quinn. Well, and that's probably literally just because A, it's Harley Quinn, and B, it's Margot Robbie. It's Margot Robbie, yeah. <laughs> it's probably, I don't know, they, they, it feels like her character's quite different here as well. She like, changes honest, every time. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's. I would say it's excessively long, is my main criticism. Yeah. Dolphin. And it is unbelievably stupid. But that's fine. Yeah. That's what you <laughs> like, want. Yeah. Like the, the, the dumbness of it and the absurdity of it is is totally okay, but it is overstuffed. It is far too long. And it didn't help that I went into went to, into it with the classic cinema problem of I cannot pause this to pee. How come? Because it's in the cinema. Oh, you were actually I was at the cinema. Wow. The cinema is back. The cinema is back. Uh and you've forgotten what it's like not to be able to pause. <laughs> yeah, you've forgotten to, to go to. The, 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 you have to pee before. Right. It was about time to discover that the film's like two hours long, like, right. like or more even. <laughs> I would hope more if you're worried about peeing. You can't hold your pee for two hours. That's oh, it depends on the circumstance, like, the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've got a jumbo big gulp. Well, you don't <laughs> don't take don't buy a stupid cinema drink. That's point number one. I did, I did have a cinema drink. <laughs> there you go. But it wasn't a coffee, right? So it's like it wasn't like, coffee. It wasn't like a full. It wasn't. Like, well, they have a Starbucks at Cineworld, oh, right? So right. I, I have wandered into films with a frappuccino. Okay, and, I guess. But no, this was just standard ass Pepsi Max. It's probably worse. It's like, definitely a diuretic, like, isn't it? <laughs> the, the syrup-based cokes slash Pepsi's are probably worse than coffee for making you pee. I would bet. Yeah, I don't know. What is it in in coffee that? Um, is it diuretic? Is, is, is it caffeine itself? I don't know if it's caffeine itself, no. But maybe it is, I'm maybe not is. sure. Because then it's like the more full, the more caffeinated your soda is, presumably the more. I'm sure Pepsi Max has plenty of caffeine. I, I think they have a. I'm not sure Pepsi has a lot in it. I think Coke has more. I would have guessed it was all of the other chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> in syrup based. Full of drinks. aspartame. Yeah. Because, you know, that's. That's how they get around, do the sugar-free thing, right? They have to aspartame the shit out of it. Yeah. All those sugar substitutes, they definitely uh, have other effects. I mean, that's what the, it always says on, like, chewing gum or whatever. Eat too much of this and it's... <laughs> bad times for your various orifices. That would be a great one. Eat too much of this. You're not even supposed to eat it in the first place. It's chewing yeah. gum, but eat too much of this and it's bad times for your various dot 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 oh, orifices. Oh, I mean, that would make me want to eat it to some degree. Like Just be like, okay, this is an orifice test. Oh. And, I'm, and I'm already a little unstable at the best of times at the moment. So it's just... 
I'm not interested in testing my orifices in that. In Double that risk. Well, how would you like to test orifices? No, you know. <laughs> oh boy, uh, it's it's all right. It's all right. It's just far too long. It's a yeah. It's a sort of standard problem I have with a lot of modern big films. I guess it's just like condense it. You can edit this. I know you're. There's there's definitely a few good few scenes that are completely unnecessary, and it's like, eh, you know, they were fun, but cut them out. You wouldn't, they wouldn't be missed. I hear Starro is in it. <laughs> Starro. Oh right, yes. I mean, that's kind of. I guess it's spoiler territory. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you know who Starro is. Yeah. But that's kind of the mad. It's just like you're just like what? Sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> kind of moment, sort of the late game reveal. Anyway, films. I saw that and I got around to seeing Baby Driver finally. Oh, had you not? Seen I that? had not seen it. No. Oh right, it's decent. I... If you can get past the whole Kevin Spacey yeah, thing, yeah, I can't but... watch that again now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I watched it. In, I saw it in the cinema, I think, and. I, I don't think I was that, that into it, given it's Edgar Wright um, at the time, but maybe I should have given it another chance, but it's too late now, because it's got Kevin Spacey being creepy. And, <laughs> and like, yeah. It's got all the hallmarks of being a, an Edgar Wright film, though. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what surprised me. I think I remember thinking John Hamm was good. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Hamming yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, he... he doesn't normally but in that he was kind of having it up a little bit um yeah well that was fun i liked his little little remixes hmm. <laughs> was he slow was he slow no i was probably gonna do it for my film minute what's in your latest uh, film viewing, Zach. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I can't even remember the last film that I actually watched. That you watched. Must have been something around here, right? Or well, yeah, potentially, or not here. No, Rob's we've... house. <laughs> yeah, cause yeah. We've... Because we've been watching mostly F one and the watch, and well, sure, but we don't normally YouTube. watch films anyway. No, very rarely. Yeah. It's, probably, it's probably something stupid, anyway. I don't know. Do you have a review of the Big Lebowski? Insanity, <laughs> insanity incarnate. I was getting sort of bad lieutenant vibes after a while. It's yeah, just like, it's just like, like, I'm, like, why is this happening now? Okay, it does all interweave in some way, but yeah. it's like, like a lot of, I guess, like a lot of Cohen plots. It's like they end up sort of in a in the exact same place they started. Kind of, yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of. It's just like, and nothing really happened. <laughs> it's basically like every Cohen film ever. <laughs> yeah, I suppose they don't like the arcs where people change forever as a character or whatever. No. Yeah. People just are. People be. I am. Um, I watched an episode of the original Avengers because it just happened to be on telly at one point during my week off and I got kind of drawn into it. Cartoon. No. You mean the actual 60s oh, Avengers. Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> Not the Marvel's Avengers. Which one? From the 60s? From the 60s. With John Steed and Kane. With Emma Peel. Uh huh. Uh, Diana Rigg. Oh, I, yeah, I think it was her. Classic. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it definitely had Steed. And, like uh, a catsuit. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, no, no cat suits. Oh. There was there was just there was a sixties sort of like short all in one ensemble. But oh my god, it's so stupid. It's, oh yeah, it's, it's the yeah. most. I didn't realize just quite how dumb it was. It was, was the in episode. Color, or was it, black it was in color because originally um, they were black and white. Yeah, it must it, be the later one. It was in color, and it was about um, some like the bad guys had a dry rot gun. Oh wow! <laughs> so you'd fire it at wood, and wood would just disappear. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so they like they were having a fight, and they just he sort of fell sort of under a piano at one point. So they dry rotted the piano, so the keys fell on him because <laughs> 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 the keys aren't made of wood. <laughs> no, they're made of ivory. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. It's really stupid. Like at one point. Um, was just, whoever the lady was, she goes and hides in a in the log cabin, and then it just fades to black <laughs> and fades cabin. and fades back up again, and it's just like and the cabin's not there. Oh, God, <laughs> just, just the Why just the fire. Hide in the log cabin if she knew they had the dry rock gun. Well, hiding, I guess they uh, didn't know she was there. I guess, yeah, uh, yeah. And the, the whole thing got even more ludicrous when they found the end bad guy who's like who was a timber man, like in the timber industry. <laughs> I thought you meant he was literally made of timber. That was pretty convenient. Oh no. No, he was like some mad guy and like who sort of led. He was trying to create demand for his products by destroying the other products. I think so, but he'd sort of done it by like saying he had like a super dry rock gun or like super strain of the whatever it was he was using that would that would spread on its own like fungal spores. Right. But and destroy like, all the wood in the world. Yeah, but it was more literally fungal spores, as it turns out, because it made giant mushrooms as well. Okay. <laughs> and so the end scene was them cooking this giant mushroom. <laughs> Very not dry, Rob. It's like, just like, well, we've this, succeeded. Let's let's we're gonna have mushrooms all week. This sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it could be amazing. Like, say it was done by like a modern cartoonist or something. But yeah, but it was done by a British 1960s television. Comic. And it's it's just awful. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's got one of those classic scenes where she's like chained up at one point in a in a like a kitchen, and she just looks around and goes, "Aha, acid!" <laughs> just acids the chains, and you're just oh, like, right, "Yeah, well, sixties, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> Science. <laughs> but the dry rot gun was fun. Wow. They, at one point, they used it where they knew someone was above them, so they dry rotted the ceiling. The ceiling. So they fell down. It's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Watch this. It's basically like anti Fortnite if you could like unbuild stuff. <laughs> yeah. You need Fortnite where you can destroy everything. Well, yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's not anti Fortnite, it is just Fortnite. But, but you'd have to blow it up, right? Like to, to destroy it. You can't just like unbuild it. Well, you kind of can. You just hit it with a pickaxe. Yes. <laughs> so that gets the materials even. You don't just destroy it. It's better than a dry rock gun. <laughs> How did you find some original Avengers? Was it it was on like ITV4. Right. Sure, oh, sure. Yeah. Like in the morning. Yeah, what a, what a stupid thing. Because there was just a whole spy craze, wasn't there? So anything to do with spies just got greenlit, even if it was like weird fantasies. I mean, it was barely even spying, right? He, he, want, he wandered into like an antiques dealer yeah. at one point and was like, and pretended to be some guy and asked him questions. And then before he'd even left the store, the proprietor had picked up the phone and was like, "There is a, there's a guy asking, asking weird <laughs> asking questions. Weird. And, he, and he's just hanging around in the back Super of the store going, guy. going, uh-huh. <laughs> like... With his bowler hat and his cane. Yeah. Being yeah. steed, steedy. It's like, it's not even remotely stealth. It was like less than two seconds after they'd had their conversation. It's like, yeah, it's a weird guy asking questions. It's like, I'm still here, guys. I've never seen the supposedly terrible film version with, who's it? Uma Thurman, Ray Fiennes, and, and uh, the baddie of Sean Connery. I think I have. Right. But I can't remember anything about it. Isn't he trying to control the weather or something? I remember that. Sounds about right. The, the, yeah. the bag, that was the plot. 
uh, the evil plot. No, I, th- I think I did see that because it was on Sky at one point. And it has the leather cat suit, of course, but this time it's Uma Thurman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's that. I always think of her in because Diana Rigg is in Game of Thrones. Oh, right. Yeah. How odd. That's the Queen of Thorns. Thorns! remember. Um, and I saw a literal wizard in Glastonbury. It was just a dude dressed up as a wizard. As a wizard. It's like, I don't think his... you can call that a literal wizard. I mean, originally, I... maybe you just, I mean, you wouldn't be. necessarily know if he was a wizard or not. But you didn't have any proof either way. No, that's he true. looked like a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> he had the visual appearance of a, of a standard wizard. He put on his robe and his wizard hat. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So, uh, cliches be cliching in Glastonbury. That's like a very, like, tiny specific cliche for Glastonbury, though. Shamans and stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure I saw... festival and not just year-round, but... I'm not sure I saw... And it's also not really just wizards. <laughs> I would never say that it's more like druids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah more like druids. Which, yeah. which I didn't really see, but I guess, like, what, what is it? It's, it's King Arthur Kingdom, right? In Arthurian yeah, legend, yeah. so it's... So you're talking about Merlin, Merlin, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot of crystals. Just you know, if you want crystals, Glastonbury is your your place, man. Also, don't go to Cheddar. Apparently, Cheddar is closed. We didn't. We didn't. We uh, we, we found that out ahead of time. But like, if you want to go to Cheddar Gorge, it's like it's, it's shut. It's still shut. Right. Fair. You want to go caving? See, now I'm mildly disappointed because we didn't go to Cheddar and buy Cheddar, but, you know. <laughs> I think Cheddar is a, like, unusual enough cheese to make that effort worthwhile. <laughs> right. I don't know, you, de- you definitely get better Cheddars. <laughs> Not re- yeah, I don't in know, fairness, maybe. you can get some of the better Cheddars from Older Car Farm, in fairness. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, yeah. You can buy better Cheddars down, wherever. Just yeah. down the road, yeah. But they do those nice ones, like, in, the, the, like, in wax bombs. <laughs> It makes you wonder how how the cheese gained got the name and managed to. I guess because you just need to name things. So at a certain point, when something comes from, it's like if Stilton was like as prevalent as cheddar, would you? Would it be the same situation where you didn't really care about it because <laughs> it's so generic? Yeah, you might as well just call it cheese. <laughs> <laughs> cheese food. <laughs> Making me hungry for cheese now. <laughs> well, you know, pizzas later pizzas on. Pizza so <laughs> we'll be good on the cheese front. Delicious pizzas. Holding it down on the cheese tip. Mm. Thanks, Domino's. Oh, I, I couldn't. I, for some reason, I don't know quite what triggered me the other day, but I've I've had those, those old V-Dub ads in my head oh. for like the last week. Man. Where I've just been going V-Dub, <laughs> holding it down on the engineering tip, y'all. You've had a few adverts going around. It's all Taste the Rainbow at the moment. Taste the Rainbow. And I, I, I Taste the Rainbow never left. It's like whenever I see Taste Anything, it's just like Taste the Rainbow. I mean, that's not even how those Skittles ads went. <laughs> no, that's how, that's how we made Taste fun the of rainbow. them. <laughs> Taste the that's how we made fun of them in an outtake on this podcast about seven years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that did happen. Taste the Rainbow, mate. <laughs> this podcast is old. Yep. But we've been saying bullshit about that kind of thing for way longer than the podcast has been around. <laughs> yeah, Thinking about the mini cheddars being bought for. <laughs> bought for. Oh man, mini ch- I haven't had a cheddar biscuit in a long time. 
my mum actually left some because she brought some to to because we had a picnic in the in the park when she came visit visit me, and there were cheddars left over, and she was like, "Oh, you can have these." So I put them in the cupboard, and then. They stayed in the cupboard. Oh, <laughs> I never oh. ate them. She just ate them immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you ever have the um? Have you seen like Jaffa cakes, like continuing foray into other flavors of Jaffa? Mm, they used I... to do because we've tried both the cherry and the black currant recently, Ooh. and uh, and I thought both of those sounded amazing. See, I've had but cherry or... orange still wins. I've had raspberry. Uh, Jaffa's from like M&S but not from official Officials. yeah. Um, and they're nice I always get the raspberry ones from M&S mm. but they're, 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 they're like um, rectangular for some reason or like with <laughs> red copyright yeah 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 <laughs> they're not, they're not, and, they're, and they're like they don't have the um, the kind of saucer shape where the lump yeah where there's a lump in the <laughs> what, middle they're just even oh I see that's probably better well, yeah. What, what do they call them? Like, because presumably they can't call them Jaffa cakes. Are they like Jaff slabs or? Oh, I can't. I think they might be called Jaffa. <laughs> they might just be called something cakes. Yeah, I'm not actually sure. Jelly jam cake shape. But if they don't have them, you said them not having the mound would be better. But having the mound is how you tell where the good shit is. Yeah, you but it's all good shit. If you can't eat all the outside bits <laughs> yeah. off first, how are you going to do it properly? <laughs> but if the whole thing is just the good stuff, yeah, yeah but you can't. It's not going to be all the way. You have to have some edging. To I mean, fucking take you, it. You, you can't deconstruct them in the fun way that you can with a proper jaffa because you can't yeah, like you, munch you, around you, the edge yeah, and then exactly. yeah, uh, yeah, they're not because the the the. Um, you know the the flavored contents or whatever is not um is a bit thinner and 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 goes across the whole thing rather than being like a puck. is it still a jelly yeah or is it like more like a paste no no it's jelly-ish i would say mm. well, more yeah. like a jams or like I, I think a jaffa cake could be quite nice if it had a little bit of a run to it just a little right. I, yeah i don't know if that would make a bit difference. more that way because basically the problem i've always i kind of always have had with jaffa cakes is like yeah they're they're Sort of chocolatey and orangey, but neither flavor is powerful enough. It's like it's like it's <laughs> orange is quite powerful. I know, but it, like, which is why the, I think the orange Jaffa cake is still the best because oh, yeah. it's the most powerful of the of the yeah, new flavors. Yeah, yeah. But like, the chocolate never really comes through. It's not 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 good enough chocolate for that to work. And it's like, and I, and I, and I want you know, as you said, you want more of the good stuff, right? We'll just go um, eat the chocolate orange instead. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, there is that. A chocolate orange is amazing, uh, but like that's the problem. That's the key problem with these cherry and blackcurrant ones. That 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 jelly just isn't flavorful enough there isn't enough of that coming through to make it like right like I really know. interesting i mean the key problem with the standard jaffa cake is once you open one of those clear plastic bags them, <laughs> you have to eat them do all. You, yeah <laughs> how do you not eat them all because they go, they go stale so fast <laughs> yeah. As well. yeah you have to eat them all and I, and I love how the, there's all, they, they're all stacked on top of each other and then the one on the top is like the other way up yeah, yeah. <laughs> It did. It did just have like like no made it easier for us by that regard because they kept we got we got a packet of these black current ones and they just seemed to ended up moving around the house when I wasn't looking. <laughs> so <laughs> was, every time you turned around, there was always a jaffa cake available. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. I would just go about my day and then sort of like look to the side and then have to double take and be like. Ooh, <laughs> I'll have one of those. Talking of genius adverts of your though, the full moon, half moon, half moon. Total, total eclipse. eclipse. That that's genius. That's never going away. That's no. never leaving my brain. Full moon. Although uh, I really wish I could remember more about the Jeffrey. We will <laughs> be able to at least find. Adverts. Yeah, or at least be able to find what damn ad that was from. 
I wish I could find the Egregor one of my car insurance. Yeah. I don't think that we I'm not sure sure that really existed. That's the problem. Egregor. <laughs> Uh, it's quite hard to find like even good adverts that they're from you know i mean we we proved you can find all of the old tango ads and find the tango ones i think you can find um the uh dime bar armadillos stuff. oh naturally yeah um, now that that's owned by ikea <laughs> <laughs> isn't like right. dame owned is it oh. is dame owned by ikea now it's like because it's just like they have like a dame so cake if you go to ikea oh buy me in the restaurant I found if you like a lot of cho- a lot of biscuit on your chocolate, <laughs> run way around. Cool. If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join That's about the limit. Have a break. There must be a billion have a break, have a Kit Kat ads. Yeah, but probably not the ones you remember, though. That's probably just the generic ones. I don't remember any of them, in fairness. Although, actually, probably trying to... Oh, no, I was about to say trying to find those might get you a whole bunch of the American ones, but they don't have the same catchphrase, so you'd probably actually be okay. Yeah. Oh. What's, what's the American catchphrase? Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat. Is that, is that a recent one? Because that sounds like... Well, oh, maybe it's old, yeah. but I think they still use it. Oh, that sounds far too modern. Like, break me off a bit of that Kit Kat. <laughs> Yo. That Kit Kat dim dim dim. Aren't Wait. Kit Kats like super popular in Japan because yeah, because of ridiculous some, flavors. Co- yeah, no, it's some kind you can of get wasabi Kit Kats. Isn't it some kind of coincidental like the 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 word Kit Kat sounds like something that they say uh, means, like good luck for exams or something. You might be right. Yeah. So they always get them for, and they're always having exams all the time. Yeah, in, yeah. in Japan. How uh, convenient! Yeah, they have a million flavors. Like matcha green tea Kit Kats. Yep. I think you can get those here, can't you? Uh, some of them come over every now and then. Yeah. Some of the weirder ones. But we I don't think we've ever had the wasabi Kit Kats in, in the UK. <laughs> it just reminded me of something that is like weird Japanese food. But I, I, it, that conversation reminded me of the Windows 7 burger. And then I was like, oh, they can do a Windows 11. <laughs> 11 burgers stacked on top of each other. Even bigger. That'd be great. Damn, damn, damn. We have to get that burger guy to review it then. The trouble is that, like, when it's just seven literal burgers stacked on top of each other, that's just, it's just meat. <laughs> There's nothing, it's just like you've got, yeah, you've got yeah, essentially yeah. one burger and then, like, nine bits of meat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you've got thin enough layers, you can sort of wedge in between, right? Like a, che- a cheese layer, the burger glue is, is well, That fine, would probably right? help keep the stack together somehow. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be some proper unwiggly bacon. You might have to use vegan bacon or something. To... I don't think it had bacon because it was based on the Big Mac. Hmm. So it was just like 11 of those shitty Big Mac patties stacked on top of each other. Oh, if you do or it seven, properly, because a Big Mac is already like um, a, like a club. Because it has bread. It's got yeah. bread in the middle. I so mean, you they, just keep adding They definitely that. took the bread out. <laughs> you wouldn't want that much extra bread as well as that much extra meat. <laughs> That'd be that would be a bit much. Good. <laughs> I think I've decided, like, about McDonald's burgers, like, just their standard S, like, double cheeseburger might actually be high ranking. Double cheese, not like the quarter pounder. Oh, I mean, you can get the, no, not like, no, not like the quarter, I mean, you, I know you can get the double quarter pounder now, and that's, that is pretty good. But it's just like, yeah, just, just getting the, like, the almost pound saver menu or whatever it right. is. Because you can just, buy, like, four of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, d- I've done that a few times, actually, like, relatively recently. Where I thought, like, oh, I don't really fancy a Big Mac or a Quarter Pounder, and the Big Tasty isn't on, which is my go-to. Like, 
you know, it's a bad bad time when like the best thing McDonald's do is one of their special like specials that's very rarely on. And it's like, but then, but that's so I end up just with like two burgers. I'll get like a a, a chicken sandwich thing and a, and a double cheeseburger, and I'm like, that's why I'm pretty happy, and I've spent half the money. <laughs> Isn't that wasn't that like the classic thing in America? Like for for you know the past thirty years or longer was like the McRib. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was only available when pork, pork prices cheap, like yeah. fall below a certain level. Yeah, <laughs> McDonald's went all in because they don't make their own pork. I was about to say I probably wouldn't like that because of, because I don't like ribs, but actually I just like, don't like the inconvenience of ribs as much as the flavor. Right. No. So when it's just when it's fake ribs that is just basically just meat, I'm probably good. But they never probably. taste they never taste the same as real. Well, ribs. no, obviously. Yeah. Does a McDonald's burger actually taste much like a real burger? Not that much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I suppose you're right. It doesn't doesn't really taste like a proper mincemeat patty that you'd make at home and it doesn't even vaguely taste like a Byron or any other burger on the planet actually yeah that's just a weird different thing from everything else magic meat did have a nice burger down in the west country at the lime house they do good very generic pub name yeah well, it's it kind of like it wasn't really. I think it was something else beforehand. But they, <laughs> well, but, obviously, but they turned it into like a um, <laughs> American themed bar. So I had like loaded fries and burgers and mm. uh, cocktails and things. But their 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 burgers. I ordered like a loaded fries dish that was like fries with crispy chicken, and I thought it would just be like little bits of crispy chicken dud here and there. It's like no, these are full on like it's if you ordered a chicken select meal from McDonald's and just slapped it on top of some chips. <laughs> Right. And then sprinkled some garlic mayo on top. So it was basically a meal in itself. Yeah. And like like alongside my actually quite large burger. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I might have I might have done a mistake here. But mm. it was delicious. It was very good chicken as well. You know I was saying I should lose some weight this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, you know, it's something. And then pizzas. <laughs> and then pizzas. I'm my own worst enemy. Got some cake as well in between. Yeah. yeah. I wanna do things. But I don't like the process of doing those things. <laughs> right. like, I just, I just want the goal, man. <laughs> I'm not in it for the journey. That's the thing. You have to make it all about the journey. Yeah? That's the trick, supposedly. The journey sucks. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem with the journey. No, you know what? Nobody like goes on holiday and goes. You know what? I really enjoyed that train and that plane combination yeah, yeah, was yeah, just yeah. pucker. Yeah. <laughs> It's my favourite part of the whole thing was yeah. when Ryanair said, welcome to your destination. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that In fairness, oh, yeah. Oh, God, I get off this plane. Fantastic. I think I was going to just about do it for the... We, we extended this by another... Great. We did. 21 minutes. Speaking of Windows 11, is there anything to say about Windows 11? I mean, it shouldn't affect anything, really, no. on, the, on the gaming front, especially. They moved the start menu in the middle for some reason <laughs> and things have got corners again oh and they brought back brought back corners and they you were noticed they were doing on the xbox down there's a little bit of the xbox dash yeah. is now cornered um there's um and i guess arrow is sort of coming back more or the translucent yeah i always uh, quite like that aspect arrow's it. fine yeah, yeah but like but they're, they're going to use that more and they started like, in fairness they already sort of have with fluent with their fluent apps um, if you start using like Windows Calculator and things, like the entire background of it is now that translucent stuff. Right. Okay. Um, so they've been going that way for a while. They're just doubling down now. 
Cool, fair enough. My concern with Windows 11 is not like any of what they're doing to the UI or any of this, or compatibility, because you know it will be Windows and it will be fine. Um, my problem with it is it's like every time they've done a major release to Windows, they've said, and we've consolidated the settings into a nice place. And I'm like, oh, God, no. They that means- always make it for another place to put shit. Well, or they're, they're slowly moving. My problem is that they're slowly moving things out of the old dialogues into the new setting system, right? Which is terrible. Like, right. I hate the new setting system. Right. It's like it's yeah, it looks nice, and it's like you can show someone with money or like someone is like, look what we've done. We've prettied all this up, and they're like, oh yeah, it looks very modern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then a real user comes along and tries to use it and goes, where the hell is everything? Right? Why is everything like buried in menus that don't make any sense? How do I, how the hell do I get to things? Mm. Like my my biggest concern is that they get rid of the they've already hidden it away but they get rid of the old sound mixer controls yeah the classic because the new ones aren't nearly as useful no uh, uh and and like the old the old sound can sound when you can see all your recording devices and all your playback devices all in one place and yeah. see what they're all doing at yeah. once it's like, like what if, was the if, pinnacle was windows xp for that i guess or when when was it good first seven probably seven. seven made it the best but right. Um, but yeah, I guess the stat style of interface has probably been around since XP, I guess, probably yeah. a while. But so, yeah, seven seven did it good, mm. um, and that's that's been incredibly helpful to us over the years. And they've been hiding it ever since. Like, yeah, it it is buried away now, but it's still there. There is a way to get to it. Are you uh, do you think it'll go with Windows eleven then? Or? I mean, that's, that's the risk, right? Yeah. That's that's what I'm concerned about. That there will be settings like that have just been put somewhere that isn't act it just if it follows the trend that it has done since mm. since seven i guess or more since windows eight i suppose mm. um since since eight that yeah there might be some settings lost to time or in the professional version and not the consumer version that too yeah <laughs> they've well i don't even know if they'll do that this time i thought they sort of started moving away from that as a thing but maybe they will i like home and pro still because I guess what home user is really going to want to use Hyper-V. <laughs> mm. But if you're a pro user, you get Hyper-V. So you can run all your XP stuff that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you not just use VirtualBox or whatever on the home version? To a certain point, right. yeah. But you still need to get hold of a... I mean, yeah, that'll work. Um, VirtualBox is probably your best choice for a lot of things. Because, you know, it's fully free. Fully free. Mm. Um, but yeah, your challenge is always going to be getting hold of the OS itself. But right, yeah, they used to make uh, Microsoft used to make that OS images available for free just for doing web development. Like uh, uh, they're they're about, but I think they're yeah. locked behind like MSDN right. or something now. Oh, interesting. So you still need a, a you probably still need a valid key to install the damn thing mm. and make it get past the uh, you've installed it. Now you need to activate it kind right, of stuff. Yeah. Even in the modern versions, but there's probably hacks for that. However, you do that, or maybe there's just hacked ISOs you can get hold of, or you know, and install from there or into your VM. But that's probably risky. Mm. Yeah, have this free hacked ISO of Windows XP that somehow does Bitcoin mining. <laughs> that's probably a thing. Anyway, just thought I'd ask <coughs> what, what's going on with the old Windows. Yeah, I don't think there's any like DX news tied to it or anything like that. So, no. I think on the gaming front, we're business as usual, other than 
you probably need to move to it because eventually it will cut off and you know there'll be a support window and all that jazz so if you can do basically yeah all right let's get into the gaming news then games uh talking about old ass shit you mega 500 <laughs> yeah yeah EU uh, or European countries getting some love with an Amiga 500 Mini, which they don't have the official license for, so it's called the A500. But then, all one word. How do they have the license to make it at all if they don't yeah, have the license for the name? It's really strange. It's because Commodore is such a bizarre thing now. Like Commodore itself doesn't really exist, sure. but like it's sort of Atari. yeah. It's it's that it's in that sort of category because apparently they didn't have it for they had the same problem with the commodore 64 mini that the same company made that they didn't have the official naming for it so it was just oh. called the, the c64 or one word right okay that's not uh, too bad yeah uh but hey that's kind of rad right that's weird and it's gonna come with a it's going to come with a gamepad, which is okay. That's not exactly what the Amiga had. And most most things on the Amiga would like fat micro switched joystick things. Um, but it's also going to come with uh, the the classic two button mouse, the one that just looked like a, a slab of plastic. Oh yeah, just like a weird beige wedge. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. like two perfectly Round. rectangular oh, buttons oh, yeah, rectangular. on the top. I hope it still has the weird springy sound that they used to make because they didn't. They didn't just go click. You lifted off them, they sort of went. <laughs> they, were, they were weird. Do you think they'll actually feel like the originals? I, mean, well, I don't know. Like, I wonder if they'll make it with a ball, hmm. <laughs> or if they'll just make <laughs> yeah. an optical, an optical mouse. mouse. Yeah, probably cheaper to make an optical one now. Probably is. Yeah. But then, what you, what software is it going to have? Well, it's got some. I mean, some of the standards. <laughs> like any of that is going to be yeah. Yeah, I think like Team Seventeen are thrown. Well, in. sure, because of course they, they did. Because they can do the Amiga version of Worms, which is there, and um, Sensible World of Soccer, I think, is there, um, and I think Cannon Fodder is there. Um, you know that 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 stuff, uh, what, and what? I think Zool is there. You know, it's just a bit of a kind of famous Amiga game, kind of. Kind of. Um, Chaos Engine, which like, is kind of a big deal. What at you'd the time. want from these, from or like, if I was thinking about the Atari <laughs> Atari version of this product, that is not going to come out ever because of Atari. Oh. <laughs> but, but what I would want is just like his opportunity to get legit versions of all these games I used to play, well, rather than the weird shareware slash weird right. disc copies that right. I had. Yeah, Did they, have they done an ST mini? <laughs> of course not. Atari would all because out. You're, it's not just getting back what you used to have; it's getting the actual, yeah, the actual real versions, yeah. <laughs> not weird like hacked compilation discs. Yeah, which were the norm really for these machines back in the day. I mean, we had a few legit games, didn't we? Well, sure, because I had like I had a the box- actual grey Atari discs that were for, for the ST. Right? Yeah, I had like a boxed copy of the Amiga version of Worms, and uh, well, I still do. I still have that box. Um, and uh, skid marks. I've got a boxed copy of skid marks still. Or at the very least, I've got the box. <laughs> <laughs> and Pim- Pimple Dreams had a boxed copy out. That had a rad poster in the box. Of course. That has now been lost to time. Um, oh. Yeah, I know. Bit of a shame. Uh, 
but yeah, this this thing could be kind of kind of cool. It does look like the A five hundred, but it's tiny. But unfortunately, the keyboard part of it doesn't is non functional. Oh. <laughs> It'd be funny if it did have an incredibly tiny keyboard that you yeah. could type on. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Use like a pencil to poke the each of the individual keys because <laughs> it's so small. They probably have to put like a touch screen behind the keyboard so that would be easier to actually press rather than build all these little switches. Um, but you can, yeah, you know, the Amiga is obviously a keyboard and mouse machine, so like you can plug a USB keyboard into it as well. Um, I don't know if I can't remember if they, unfortunately, that like this was announced a few weeks ago now, but like I, I can't remember if they said that like you could sideload ROMs onto it as well, so you could just put whatever you wanted on it. Is it going to have the OS? <laughs> That's a good question. Has it got Workbench? Um, and which version of Workbench at that? Because like, it was, uh, it's so. Uh, the other thing they said is like it's actually it's not just they've called it the A five hundred because the Amiga five hundred was the uh, kind of the the the, the legendary one as the one most people had, but it, it, it apparently can do the A twelve hundred stuff. Right, right. So right. it's got it's got the expanded memory. It's got the um, AGA chipset emulation. All this stuff's been done in like emulators for God knows for how you, long. So it's yeah, PCs, yeah, it's pretty much a solved problem. I feel Amiga, like what these says. what these um, these like new mini recreations of old systems haven't done yet but someone should is like it wouldn't and maybe it wouldn't work very well with them being mini but like i want i want fake discs to put into a fake disc right right oh man yeah yeah you want the physicality and the that satisfying it would be like it would be like a floppy with like the metal slide but when you put it in and the slide goes down it reveals like a qr code or something that the actual system reads (laughs) i mean you'd probably just do it with rfid these days right oh yeah whatever yeah i guess but that would be rad. Yeah, I'd be into that. Or, do, or just that's just the power button for the unit. Right? And also, you put, obviously, you, put, you have to put the disc in just to turn it on. Obviously, like, just would, just like real right. emulators, you have to have you have to have it emulate disc noise. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, drive that, noise is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, ever since there was like emulators for Amigas and Ataris, we had that turned on yeah, because I mean, you have to emulate the drive noise. Yeah, yeah. Win UAE, Win UAE, and I think Winston. Yep, we're doing that right from the start. <laughs> Like and, and retro feel, yeah, and putting the light on, like having a little indicator LED on indicator. screen for for the yeah. lights that used to be at, actually on the system. Mm. I mean, in um, some ways, you just need that to know that it's working, also because <laughs> that were, helps. True, to tell when it's actually doing something. It definitely used to help. <laughs> yeah, well, there were ways that like software could actually control those lights on the Amiga to some degree because um, there was a there was a game. Like a lot of Amiga, old Amiga games put used most of their storage space on the disc for like the intro music on the title screen. Naturally. So, but there were a couple of games that I remember. I think one of them was called Bale, and you'd you'd plug it in, and it would it would make the power light dim and light in time with the music. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, highly necessary. I know, but like like why would you do that? But it's it's a thing. It did it. Uh, I remember Xenophobe kind of did that as well. I had I think. I think it had some stupid interactivity. And then you've got games like Sensible Golf, which dedicated an entire disc to just the intro music. <laughs> <laughs> but it was vital. Absolutely vital. You've got to step up to the ball at the very first tee. <laughs> I mean... You start to get a little nervous and your, your spine gets a tingle. <laughs> you, you walk up to the ball and you give it an almighty swag. Good shot! Must have travelled two for four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want to play golf? <laughs> Yeah. And it's so the Amiga 500, the A500 then? The A500. 
As long as it's got sensible so- uh, sensible golf on there. I don't think it does. Like sensible <laughs> yeah. golf is one of those kind of like that game was legendary to to us, but it, it didn't yeah. really it take off. Soccer on the C sixty four one they made. I mean, it, it, I it, mean, Swaz ended up everywhere. Yeah. Like there were there was on the Genesis and yeah, things, yeah, so yeah. It's... I was I was about to say it like. Are they going to realise what games they should push on it for the European market? But it's really just it is a European market thing. So that's yeah. like it's not like this was the Atari's the like the Atari five hundred or whatever that they midied in, in the America, and it's just like we didn't have that to start with. So obviously we wouldn't mm. care about those. Mm. <laughs> no, it's kind of cool. Maybe I have to get out my Amiga emulation again, <laughs> do some stuff. Maybe with some more videos coming. I don't know. Play some old Amiga games. Mm. Woo! Oh, uh, ATV is on this thing as well, which I think is another Team 17 joint that I played back in the day. That was fairly decent. <laughs> At this point, you might as well just have a Team 17 box. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Like, they can make their own console at this point to put all of their games on there because they've got so goddamn many of them. And yeah. they keep re-releasing them everywhere, all over the place. And they were big supporters of the Amiga. I sure. guess being a UK company, right? <laughs> well, they were. I mean, it's not exactly that they were supposed to be the Amiga. It's more like the Amiga was the supporter of them. <laughs> the <start. laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, Idris Elba, you know, of Hollywood fame. And Heimdall, I guess. And <laughs> that is and still Luther. Hollywood. He's yeah. not actually a Norse. <laughs> <laughs> he is Heimdall. Uh, he is playing Knuckles. In Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Because, the of course, movie. they're bringing in Knuckles straight away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that wasn't clear. Oh, I mean, I suppose it had been leaked, right, that they'd been using, like, costumes of Knuckles on set to act as, oh, a, yeah, act yeah. as a reference. So, you know, that had been... That had got out there. But, you know, officially, we only know that Tails is there, right? Because he was in the post credit screen of the last one. Yeah, but now we know. Now we know. Knuckles. And so we move closer to the to remaking Sonic Adventure One in film. <laughs> as is the so you think he'll start out as an antagonist or whatever Knuckles? Yep, yeah, presumably. Yeah. They're okay. going to do all the cliches of Sonic Three slash Sonic Adventure One. Yep. Who would play the other members of the Sonic verse? What? Which other ones are you worried about at this point, though? Because <laughs> Tails and Knuckles I mean, are the two that we've won. I mean, they've kind of already gone like off the off the rails with Jim Carrey, right? That's just a... <laughs> that's the perfect uh, casting for fairly... Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like he doesn't, have, he just doesn't have have the Eggman voice. Well, no, that's true. He's him. he's more like <laughs> he's more like like crazy scientist generic default yeah. rather than Egg-Galia. the specific Eggman. Egg-Galia. <laughs> Stylings. <laughs> oh no, my power is failing. <laughs> is Knuckles going to say, oh no? Oh no. <laughs> is Knuckles just going to be totally deadpan this entire time? Which Knuckles are they going to pull from? Like, are they going to use like Sonic Boom dumbass Knuckles? No. I mean, no. it's going to be the generic ass. I mean, like I said, it's going to be the story of Sonic 3, Sonic Adventure 1. Generic ass. He's fairly stoic antagonist for a while who's been fooled by Eggman and then and he's looking <laughs> and for the master looking for the master emerald well maybe again. I mean I don't know if they're going to because of the weird way that the first film is like you know it's on earth and everything it's like mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't really get into the whole Sonic aspects of Sonic like you know the rings appear a bit but not 
I mean, the rings are kind of important yeah, to the film. Yeah, but not, not in the way that they are in the Zoid No, the, 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 ring, the rings mean something else. They kind of leaned into what the special zone rings are, right? Yeah. And made that, that's what the rings are. So, I mean, if you're going to bring in the Master Emerald, that's a bit too, like, that's a bit too much of the Sonic universe's operations, right? That's like the Master Rebel, unless you're just going to say the Master Rebel just mysteriously exists on Earth for some reason. <laughs> Who else we get? Do you reckon we'll see Amy Rose? Are we bringing in like the or Shadow? Are we starting to bring in the, the, I feel the, like, the extended I feel cast? Big or are the they cat. or Big the Cat? Yeah. Or no. are, 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 they, are they just going to st- Froggy? Or are they just going to stop it? Like tails and knuckles for this one. For this one, yes. I think if Amy shows up, that will be post credits of this one. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then who who would they cast as Shadow for the next one? You need someone with a voice a little like this. Not Idris little, Elba, then. Not Idris Elba. <laughs> Even more so. It's gotta have a grind to it, like a background grind that'll tear apart your throat as your voice. What about the? What about who's, who's the guy that plays um, Marcus Phoenix? <laughs> He's far too gravelly. Actually, <laughs> Bender, is it? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. Got this. Uh, is it Billy West? Something West? No, I don't think that's it. Hmm. Anyway, him. <laughs> that could be kind of fun. You're not thinking Hollywood enough. <laughs> to no, I'm not, I'm not thinking. Actors. That's a proper voiceover guy. <laughs> David Hayter <laughs> is hey. Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> and shit, 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 shit. Oh, hi, D. Hi, D. <laughs> What's a Russian okay, guy I'll say <laughs> oh, man, I mean, that, that's 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 too good. Actually, that's too good. They wouldn't, they could never pick that. It's too good. Um, they used Kiefer Sutherland to replace David Hayter, so maybe you could use him for a shadow. Kiefer Sutherland could work. Actually, <laughs> that's not a bad shout. I'm kind, I'm kind of on board with that. But that's only if they do, in fact, you know, make the third film Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was um, Sam, Sam Porter Bridges? Who's that guy? Oh, yeah. I've forgotten his real name. From The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. That dude. I mean, that could, that could possibly work. Possibly. No, I can't remember his name. That's annoying. Um. Okay. So... so. Video game movie casting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo had an Indie World event thing that was, I don't know, underwhelming. <laughs> the same as it always yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, but even less so, I think, than, than it has been. There was just not a lot that interested me. I mean, it's good that they keep doing them, I guess, to give people exposure, but it wasn't wasn't much that pricked my interest, pricked, piqued my interest, pricked, yeah, pricked up my ears of interest. Um <laughs> Peaked is right. Yeah, peaked is right. We've had this discussion on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, before, somehow we've, we've, we've done that. Um, uh, but there was a new Bomb Rush Cyberpunk trailer, right? Um, and uh, may- maybe another separate one. I didn't actually see the indie world. I assume the one they showed in the indie world was the trailer trailer, not the gameplay trailer, or was it the gameplay trailer? Uh, I think it was more trailer trailer. I didn't see like was the gameplay one like literally just like oh here's a slice. Well, it did still have voiceover. In the gameplay trailer. Oh, okay. So, you guys in, excited, excited about... Hell yeah! So, because I'm just like... It's not even... It's not just inspired by Jet Set Radio. It is Jet Set Radio, it is, right? It's like... It's, it's as close as damn it you could get to Jet yeah. Set Radio. And that makes me very happy. I guess that's... 
that's got to be good, right? But I'm just, I'm just like, oh my god, they just took took everything. <laughs> I mean, there, there are plenty of games where you get like we've talked about this before. Where there's plenty of games where you get that vibe where it's like, okay, they're doing an old game in a, in a nude coat of paint, yeah, and you kind of most of these you can look at and you immediately go, this isn't quite yeah, yeah. right. This hasn't got it. But Bomber of Cyberpunk looks like it's got it. Hundred percent looks like it has it. It's naming and, it, and yeah. to a point. Like to be fair, like to as much as I love Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future, there's some gameplay oh, stuff there, there that yeah. just doesn't hold up. Well, I mean, right? that's what and we've said about all the all the not remake remakes of games like City Skylines and all the rest of them. It's like you can't just remake it. <laughs> you no. got to improve it, and those ones didn't. But this one might. This one might. And although yeah. to say City improvement Skylines. is not so much as like improving as in like improving the technology of the function of the game it's like making the game play better, better in this case. Yeah. like making yeah. jet set more of a functional game yeah if <laughs> it, it does then it, it doesn't have to do a whole lot yeah you're right technologically it doesn't have to do a whole no, lot no. like it, it's not it doesn't have to push the hardware it can still be blocky as hell ground you know polygon wise and things like that that's fine like it's not just as long as the physics are weirdly floaty but manageable yeah. and the graffiti system is fun and <laughs> team, team reptile have already proven they can nail that look not just from the the trailers but from lethal league right it's like they've they've done Man. this it's I, I hope it's good then i mean if it if the gameplay's good that i just get i just maybe like it's just a complete rip-off right <laughs> which is fine if it's, i mean so, yeah. so you're never gonna do it no like, so like, so they so great good i'm glad then you know naganuma's involved so mm. can't be bad right <laughs> for at least yeah. one song the funky uncle's there yeah i mean go for it guys yeah uh, and that's going to come out on Switch. It's going to come out on Switch. <laughs> yeah. uh, next, it's got a date of next year. Okay. So, like, we don't. Um, they haven't. They haven't said like when next year. Just twenty twenty two. But that's something. Um, yeah. yeah. Switch, Switch exclusive, timed exclusive to the console. I see. Um, but there's a there is a Steam version. Mm-hmm. So whether or not that will come out at the same time or not isn't isn't clear. But. I would be surprised if that doesn't just launch side by side because right. you know the language they used here was a timed console exclusive to Switch, right? Which normally means the PC version comes out. I wonder, yeah, because you probably want to see that in 4K. I suppose. Oh, so it'd be, <laughs> but it'll be matter though. No, yeah. I bet it'll be absolutely fine on the Switch again because yeah, yeah, it's probably. got that style limitation. I'm sure yeah. it'll be absolutely fine. I'm sure it'd be great. Um, I mean, yeah, that's okay. Cool kind of interested then i'm so hype like there are very few games these days where i actually get genuinely hype about especially as it nears release my hype drops off like dramatically normally when you start to actually see what the game is and then you're you're like release exactly though no we're miles away but like right now i mean i'm at maximum hype sweet that's great max hype um and then for a lot less hype, there's another Call of Duty game. You know that was. Why weird. is this news at all? Because it's it's just kind of weird, isn't it? Because they, they they're just going back to. It's weird because they're going back to World War Two. It's That's called. Not that weird. It's called Vanguard, but they like in pretty much every previous Call of Duty game, they've tried to at least tell you a little bit about, or it feels like there might have been a solid through line in their plot that was visible from the trailer. This is. Not that. This looks like they're doing a Battlefield 1 on us and that they're like having disparate stories across all aspects of World War 2, which is like 
just is it mini campaigns is it like what is it what is this i mean it looks i mean it looked like it looked visually nice for the small bits of gameplay where are actually in that trailer that weren't cg But Call of Duty has looked visually nice for a while. But aren't Call of Duty campaigns always like mini campaigns? You do like a mission and then you just go somewhere else. I mean, <laughs> sort of, but they go somewhere else, but it's like the same characters come with you. And sometimes. This, sometimes, but this didn't, I don't know, this this, this looked more, all. Like, it's probably just bad trailer editing, honestly. But Apparently the last one, you know, World War II wasn't that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that they're going back. Uh, it is mildly interesting that they're going back to that well. It kind of looks better than, to me, it looks better than the World War Two Battlefield. What's it called? Five. Um, five. Five. Yeah. yeah. V. I'm not saying it looks better, like you know, absolutely, like you know, in absolute terms of rendering a realistic world. But I just mean it looks like it captures World War Two a bit better. Because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Battlefield Five kind of was doing Battlefield One and exactly like fake World War Two, fake World War Two. Yeah, this looked more like oh okay, this is like proper World War Two, the original Call of Duty, but but in twenty twenty one. I mean, Battlefield One was more grounded, right? Not that much. Well, <laughs> for the World War One setting, not yeah. really at all. Yeah, <laughs> if it was really like World War One, there wouldn't be fucking any automatic weapons at all. Basically, <laughs> how, how many flamethrowers did they really have in Battlefield? In 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 World War One, sorry, so there was like quite a lot of flamethrower dudes. I yeah, had them in not, World War Two. Yeah, more in World War Two than World War One. Just Pacific. like the automatic weapons. Yeah, yeah, there was quite a few of those. Even in World War Two, the average soldier didn't have an automatic no. weapon yeah. by default. Grand, ching. <laughs> All about that thing. No trouble. <laughs> All about that ping, about that ping. Make sure you want maximum trouble for that ping. <laughs> ping! It'd be weird if it was all bass. Yeah. Pong! <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, now someone's got to make that gun. Where it's like an M1, but it's just like the slow. No, that, that, I mean, this is with, like basically this is an end of the gungeon joke or something where you have like because obviously you know because you have the M1 and it has the thing, mm. <laughs> but you make it make it like um make it so it's one of those guns that changes on reload. So it's like it's the M1 on top, but then you flip it over and it's like the the, the base M1, base <laughs> <laughs> and it reloads with a pong. Well, it's like a grenade launcher, the ping pong gun. Go, yeah, where it's, like, it's like yeah, the normal gun on top, but underneath it's just like it's a one massive shell. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just fires the whole clip. Boom. <laughs> Oh man, that's the news. It's the news. It's time. Fuck all of it that there was. Yeah. But what you've been playing over the past three weeks? Oh, a little bit of news I've just remembered that we didn't come across earlier. Hey, they're making a sequel to River City Girls. Oh, your favourite. So I'm quite happy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing to be hyped for. They, they, they. I saw a tweet and they were talking about uh, characters that they were pulling in. Like I think they were pulling someone in from. Double Dragon, it might have been, and and, fi- and final and final Billy fight. Jerry. <laughs> no, 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 but they're all female, right? Because River City Girls. So, so the person Billy rescuing... or <laughs> I don't know what I, I can do with Jimmy for that one. Jim, Jim Mimer. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Mimer. <laughs> Jim Mimer. 
uh, yeah, so I'm quite happy. That game, that game was rad. Wicked sick to the max. Games, what have you been playing? Right. Who's going first? What have you been playing? You've been playing that Horizon. <laughs> God, <laughs> have I? Finishing that Horizon. Yeah. So I, you guys actually saw me finish it after 55 hours. Um, uh, finish the main campaign. Like there's still side quests to do. But whether or not I'll do them or not is is another question. I, like, I'm 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 sitting here with that sort of feeling of like maybe I'll never touch it again. Ever again. Now that I've done the main quest, like I do with some games, where you just finish the main thing and you're like, well, I could go and do the could, but I'm kind of done. But I'm kind of done. Yeah. Because yeah. boy, I think it really outstays its welcome. Like it's far far too long. I was kind of done at thirty hours. It didn't need the last twenty five. But to be fair, by the time I got to about twenty twenty five hours, like I got to the point where I was starting to get more competent at it. Mm. And to, to that point, I don't think it's actually really my skill. I think it was just I leveled to the point where it became playable. Right. Right. There are there certain, like, uh, I think the long roll, the long dodge, is pretty essential for taking out certain enemies in that game. So until I had that, I just... Those complaints I was having about um, hitboxes and things on enemies and stuff, they were just unavoidable. Whereas when you get the long dodge can actually avoid them it seems like it gives you not only like a further distance but like more invincibility time whilst you're more iframes right whilst you're dodging out of the way so suddenly the absurd hitboxes that some things have on that game suddenly aren't as much of an issue is um, there any way to like mainline your way to that sooner or do you just you, get you can yeah because you can you can pick you can um you get skill points and you pour them into a sort of tree-like structure, so you mm-hmm. could you could get there pretty fast. Right, um, but now you, you wouldn't know that you wanted the long. No, I ended up getting it far too late. I think for mm-hmm. the and like I still think the game is badly paced. Like, and I still think it's like not clear in how it organizes its missions as to like you're ready for this because because they have oh, yeah I think I've described this before, but every, every mission in the game has a level on it in a number. And that level doesn't really tie to your player level, hmm. so you'll 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 be ahead of the level it suggests, and you'll go and do the thing, and it'll be like, oh no, I'm so not ready for this. This is kicking my ass, and like I would try thing, I tried some of the stuff like over and over and over again, thinking I'm missing something here because it's like it feels like I, it says I should be able to do this. Why can't I do this? Um, and as, yeah, as it turns out, it was all kind of hidden behind that long roll. <laughs> as soon as I got that again, got a lot easier. Mm. Um, and it's it's so yeah, I do I do I, it's it's problematic. And like well, you saw me fighting one of those the, what fighting Helis towards the end of the game, and I'm trying to fire some like fire arrows over a balcony, and it's like my crosshairs clearly over the balcony, and the arrows are just going straight, straight into the wall into in front of me, and it's like yeah. okay, hitboxing not quite right there. And there's, there's moments like that where you're trying to stealth around and I've been aiming at people's heads and I've fired the shot and I've visibly seen it go through the guy's head and it goes, nah. <laughs> it's like the, the hitboxing is ropey at times, mm. um, which is quite disappointing for something that encourages precision arrow play it quite a lot. Just doesn't um, seem like all that polish considering no, it's a AAA game. No, like there, there are bits where it's re- like the Mass Effect E style character mm. interactions are sometimes like feel like they haven't really advanced since Mass Effect 1, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's not an RPG, but well, it sort of is. But, sort of. Yeah. You're, not, you're not really leveling in the. But you don't, you don't not have as way. many conversations as in Mass Effect. There's quite a few, way. in fairness. There is a buttload of side stuff that mm. you're doing, but the. 
it has that other problem of open world games where there's a fairly large amount of side stuff that all kind of comes down to the same sort of things. It's like it doesn't mm. very rarely varies things or the tasks you're do- that you're doing. It's not like to throw out the old open open world comparisons. It's not like Breath of the Wild where it's like suddenly I'm racing down a slope on my shield in the yeah. snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and this is a one-off thing kind of. Um it doesn't really do that. Like everything is always go to place murder dudes or yeah, look, destroy some machines and then maybe talk to a thing. It's like it doesn't really get far from that. Yeah. Like even in the uh, in the main storylines, there's only the odd occasion where there's actually a bit where it's like a like a runaway sequence or something like that. It doesn't happen all that often. Mm. Um, or, yeah, it just doesn't mix it up nearly enough for its runtime. Um, so you're, you're doing kind of the same thing for the entire game, um, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, Hey, I've got Frozen Wild still to play, so I don't. I don't know. It doesn't make look like like maybe that will be that big, so maybe I just get this finished. But then Twelve Minutes came out on Game Pass, which looks like it might be decent. But how many hours is that going to take, really? Yeah, I don't know. It's like I'm hearing things like, like some of the puzzles, some multiple number of twelve. Twelve, yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing things that some some of the puzzles in that are quite obtuse, and that it might get kind yeah, but, of kind of annoying replaying the twelve minutes to get to the the important decision or something. Um, but, but how how many of the ridiculous ones do you have to get? That's the question. Because yeah. like, is it one of these things where you have to find every ending or whatever? Right. Yeah. Or is there just a way to get there and? and or multiple routes to try and get to the actual finale, and that you don't have to find the most obtuse route. How many endings do you have to get to get fifty percent of the achievements? <laughs> well, that exactly, yeah, that. What what is what is the end of that game? Like, what is the actual stopping point? Um, and you know, we've got Psychonauts two in a week. Wow, that's exciting. That is exciting. Hype. My my hype. I, I sort of like I've had a roller coaster of hype with Psychonauts two started off pretty high when they announced it then kind of dipped for a while when i saw what the early footage looked like but it's it's kind of been recovering mm-hmm. with the most recent stuff so i'm i'm i think i'm in i can't really complain you know it's on game pass like what what am i going to do <laughs> what am i going to do um so i played that uh in other little experiments on game pass i um have played lumines remastered oh because because that really needed remastering. I mean, it's the, it's the exact same game as the PSP version. Like, I mean, they've changed some of the menus and tightened up some of the look of it. You don't get a loading pause between skins anymore when it swaps. Like, it just it just goes immediately in to the point where actually, like, it's quite nice now because as the time bar scrolls across the puzzle thing, like, it's just painting the new skin the new on skin as it on. goes. Oh, that's nice. so, so there are some nice little visual improvements there, but it's you know it's Lumines. It's still that. It's still that puzzle game from from way back when, um, what two thousand three ish. Yeah. Um, uh, and they haven't really added anything to it. The content is all there. I almost beat the challenge mode in my first go. You know, it took took ages because that game takes ages, um, and too long actually. And you get kind of bored of it. And I don't think like. I actually don't think the musical style of that first game has aged very well at all. Like some mm. of those, especially like the Mondo Grosso, Grosso dance tracks are fine. Like Shining is still great. You know, the very first thing you do yeah. in that game is still, is still great. Um, 
but like the, the, the maybe maybe the shake your body, shake your body, <laughs> body down to the ground is still kind of okay a playthrough. But some of those like in-house skins, pretty ropey. <laughs> Hearing them again, like especially some of the later ones, where it's they're just mm, yeah, there's there's some weird weird ones that don't really work and get quite annoying after a while. It's challenge mode is too long. I played through all of the versus CPU mode and just it like which is a bit of a crapshoot anyway because it's like the computer either walks it or they make a mistake early on and you walk it there's no middle ground in it so you just you can just keep playing it until you win (laughs) and then that didn't take very long either so i haven't played any of the puzzle mode but like i feel like i've almost done that game now (laughs) yeah (laughs) in in a few hours so it's like okay this was this was nice returning to it for a bit but i think i'm done um Where's my Lumines 2, yo? With the licensed soundtrack and stuff like that. <laughs> Lumines 2 was the better game. Um, but doesn't get any love. I need my Missy Ellet up in here. <laughs> and Gwen Stefani, I think, was on that thing oh, as well. Sure. And Beck? <laughs> I think Beck was there. I'm not in Genki Rockets, of course. <laughs> the Miz's own bat. Um so there was that. I uh, had a very brief foray with Rock of Ages 3. Hmm. Which... Okay. Where, where even start with this? Right, so you're you're a boulder with a face on it that rolls... I don't know if, like, like what the, if the previous games were like this, right? But in this one, you're... Yeah, it, it's, it's like history... Like a like a comedy take on history featuring rolling boulders at things. And you tend to be like the rock of ages. It's just this boulder with a face on it. Um, uh, so I thought the game was going to be just a series of like challenges about rolling this ball down hills and hitting things. Right. Or like just, or just getting through a course a bit like, a bit like monkey ball. Right. Like, I thought that's what wrong. I was getting into. Yeah. I was so wrong. Like the game is nothing like that at all. So there's a bit of that, and the game even introduces you to that slightly, like with with the opening levels a bit like that. Um, but then, but then it sort of turns into a competitive tower defense game. So the next level it, I, that it has you do is like it's actually like you're not you're you're actually trying to defend something against a like a series of balls rolling at you so you're building like barriers and defense turrets to try and stop the balls from reaching the reaching the end point and doing damage to your thing and then uh, and then you've got a little zappy attack you can do on the phone and there's money you can grab off the play field and it's like okay this, that this took a direction maybe this is just the other side of the coin no no that's, that's the, the main side of the coin because the third part is you doing both at the same time so you're you go through a phase of building up your defenses, and then uh, meanwhile, some your your dudes are building your boulder, and then you hit go, and then you're take then you take control of the boulder to try and get to the enemy's thing through their defenses, and that's the game, and that sucks. Oh. <laughs> like it's 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 pretty bad. Like oh. it's not very well made. It's like it's uh, it's not very. It's just not fun. Like, and it drops you in, like, I can't really do the first main level. It's like, it's really actually bloody difficult. Um, The AI is just far too efficient at setting things up and just beating, because it ends up being like a timing battle, really. You've kind of got to, 
build up enough stuff to slow down the opponent's attack enough so you're you the one attacking first to roll yeah. yeah so if you end up getting ahead of them you're pretty much good um so if that first phase goes badly you're boned and i like and i can't it doesn't tutorialize well at all it doesn't really teach you what's the best approach like or like what level i should really do next like maybe the level i picked wasn't the level i was supposed to do next or something it's it's a bit of a mess which is a huge shame because what it gets 100% right mm. and is brilliant are its stupid little like cutscenes introducing all of this. Because it's done in a sort of Monty Python, Terry Gillingham style animation, like with little like cut out dudes sort of like around the map. And it's all done without vocals, really. And like during these animations, there are bits where people do speak, but mm. like during these cutscenes and stuff, and stupid stuff happens. So, like it's all done in this pretty great old cut, a pretty great style that's just so absurd and fantastic that it's like rip the game part out and I'll just watch these please these are great <laughs> and like which makes me wonder like if like that that if the what what the previous two games were like were they this as well have i just totally misread this series as being something else um and maybe maybe rock of ages 1 is actually the one to play because maybe that is the monkey ball experience and it doesn't with, with, have the tower with, defense yeah. yeah with the comedy it's... yeah so i'm not playing any more of that anytime soon which is sorry guys i'm not going to get to see your cool animations um simply could probably youtube that i don't know mm. has anyone done one of those like um Rock of Ages 3, the movie type videos where you can just. Oh, watch. there definitely will be one, yeah. <laughs> it's just all cutscenes. Uh, yeah, so there's that. And I can't, can't, can't really remember. I mean, Zach and I played some Lethal League um, Blaze, but we did it over Steam streaming to my TV uh, from from the PC in this room to the TV in our room over, over Wi Fi. Uh, which was a mostly okay experience. Well, once, like, once we turned the resolution down first. Yeah. To, well, we've turned it down to 1080. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From whatever the fuck it was doing before that. Yeah, because it was on like automatic mode or something before, so it was trying to choose what it could do, mm. and that didn't seem to be very stable at all. Um, so, yeah, we knocked it down to some balanced mode and forced it to only be in 1080 as a max resolution. And that seems to tidy it up a little bit. It mostly um, got rid of the lag. Mostly, but it's still there. And that's a bit of a problem for a game like Lethal League. It didn't stop us from playing it for but quite it's, a it's while, because that game is amazing. I mean, it's only but... a problem at the start, because then you adapt. <laughs> yeah, you do. But it did... The problem is, as I thought, as I was like tuning my game in to be better, I then wasn't adapting to that lag. I was just tuning to what I was seeing, mm. and I ended up fluffing it. Like The more we played, the worse I was getting. Yeah. Um because I was refining my game the wrong way. Um, but hey, Leaf League Blaze is still amazing. Still, it was still a laugh, even with all that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like streaming technology, even in your own bloody home, it's still not there, really. That's quite demanding, though, a game for it, I suppose. But oh, yeah. yeah. It's fair enough. It's a, it's a, if ever you wanted to test latency, that's a decent choice. Yeah. Um, what else did I play? Let's talk about Nerds. Quickly. Nerds. Nerds. Nerds online. Because Rob has played a Zachtronics game. I've played a Zachtronics game. <laughs> not like in the traditional sense. But yeah. Not, not a Zach like. They made a, well, a, I mean, a, a Zach like. Yeah. <laughs> they made a card game. 
Well, they put out well, a... they put out basically one of the mini games that they usually build into their main games as a separate game. Right, right. <laughs> totally for free. Like as well. Final Fantasy splitting out a yeah. card game into, into a, an actual game. Yeah. Well, yeah, like Gwent, I suppose, yeah. from Witcher. It's like, yeah, that, no, this was this is totally free. Apparently, it's a game they play in Meat Space for real, and uh, uh, like it's it's basically speed solitaire, um, competitive speed solitaire. And whilst I don't have a problem with the game itself or the implementation for that matter, although it would be really nice if their cheesy Rocky style intro was a lot shorter at the start of every round. <laughs> like, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's, it's funny that it's there for the first few times, but then after a while you're just like, can we just get on with it now? <laughs> do, do I have to listen to this intro for, for uh, every time? And I was playing it with the Cambridge crew and that they did end up commenting on it. It's like, it's kind of funny that this intro is just that little bit too long oh. every time. <laughs> and it's the same one every time, but like, yeah, but it's, um, yep. It seems to play. Okay. Like it's, it, it, because you've got like a shared pool of cards that you, that everyone is building up to in the middle. Oh. Um, like, you know, in solitaire where you move your ace up basically and start building the pile from there, that's a shared area, um, in this. And, uh, there can be moments where the la- the lag is just enough to stop you from oh. putting your card down before an opponent. It looks like you've done it, but the opponent gets there first, and it's like, well, yeah, okay, I can. It's huge, but it's like it's so frustrating in that game because you need those mo- those moves sometimes to just get you unstuck, oh. and uh, and the and then to be foiled by the latency is hugely frustrating. <laughs> so uh, the Cambridge crew and I have taken to calling it stress cards. Because it is like it's a hugely stressful thing to play. It's not relaxing at all unless you're some kind of savant at it. Like shout out to my friend Ian. He's unbelievably good at it, and I don't understand how. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> it's like so. I have no problem with the game, but I'm terrible at it, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Yeah, like, but I. But if they want to play it, if the Cambridge crew want to play it, I'm somehow drawn to it. Like, because it is just, how can I possibly be? It's it's a depressing thing. Like, it's one of those things you play and you'd be like, how can I possibly be this bad at Solitaire? Mm. It's Solitaire. Mm. Well, you know. We've been playing it since Windows 3.1. Like, Badly, probably. Or have you, though? <laughs> how much Solitaire <laughs> have you actually played? Well, yeah, I guess not constantly. <laughs> but it's like, how can I, how, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like it does my head in. Uh, I was so angry the first night I played it. Like it was like I tried to sleep angry, which is the worst thing you could do. And it's like, but I'm not angry with anyone in particular. I'm not even angry at the game. I'm angry at myself. Yeah, I hate it. But it made you angry as well. I, I hate it. <laughs> I don't know if I've hated anything more and still kind of want to play it. <laughs> Fair. Nerds, nerds. If you want to hate yourself, try this game. You can you can play it with randoms. It will just pick some random lobbies. It will it will, cho- it will show your fr- your friends if they're in lobbies. Um, but if you if you if there's no one there, it will just start listing listing randoms. So you can just jump in. But I would highly recommend playing it with with people uh, rather than randoms because there's no ranking or anything like that. You could go up against anyone, so it's. Uh, nerds. I think I'm done. I think that's three weeks of random gameage. Mostly one game. Mostly, mostly Horizon still. <laughs> yeah. 
now you're freed up for Psychonauts and more. Yeah, 12 minutes and Psychonauts and keeping up with the Rocket League requirements this time. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. How's that going for you, Zach? I don't know what I'm leveling at already. <laughs> the first problem, okay, well, I guess we I can talk about the Rocket League patch and some of the things that were controversial and possibly bad. The first problem was that they bollocks it up on Windows 7 in the patch. As, oh, really? As you do. Although um, it turned out... I, I, they, I don't know if they stealth patched it or just like I didn't see the update go through Steam or whatever because it got fixed like without me even noticing essentially. I just tried to run it again and it's like, oh, it ran. But like some someone in the community who actually understands Windows error messages went through and worked out what the hell it was trying to do that wasn't working and was just like oh you can just copy this dll rename it and then that will just work because <laughs> it was just they just hadn't re renamed a dll that they were trying to update and it wasn't even an update to the file it was just a rename rename of the file itself yeah so that, oh, weird. that got fixed quickly was that, is that like a system dll then or? apparently yeah oh weird. you can either copy it in the windows folder or the yeah, copy about... of it inside rocket league uh, right yeah cause <laughs> using common yeah file searches to find it first yeah so that got fixed uh, apparently for real not just by the community very quickly right. thank god so i couldn't play it again after like the second day but then the weird the two controversial things about this patch one of them significantly more controversial than the other well maybe controversial for different reasons the first one which is less significant to me i would say uh, but more significant to the visuals of it, I suppose. Not literal visuals, like the perception, I mean. Optics. Optics, that's the word. <laughs> that's the bullshit word that we need for this. It's situation. a bullshit word, but yeah. Um, they changed it so that the player counts aren't numbers, they're just descriptive Oh, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're like, great, not what's it, good, great, amazing. Yeah, it's good, great, amazing. Oh. Which, obviously, everyone is like, oh, you're just trying to hide how few people are playing Rocket League. Yeah, I mean, where, yeah. I mean, where's the bad? Well, also, yeah, and it's like good, great, amazing. The classic, like, there's no, there's, it's never bad. It's only good. <laughs> Rocket League's always good, people. Come on in. But the weird thing about that change is, like, for me, it's done the exact opposite to what they're trying to do. Like, they're trying to hide the player counts to make it, like, you know, make it less obvious if the player counts are dying out or whatever. But every time I've looked at that, it's always been great and never amazing. So I'm like, oh, it must be way worse than I ever thought it was. Because <laughs> it's like I'm, when it was just a number, I was like, oh yeah, that's just how many people are on. But now I, they're rating that number as only the middle tier. I'm like, wow, that must be way worse than. I'll be honest, well, in right. fairness, I've only played like the extra playlists, and it's never gone above good. <laughs> I've, I've never seen great or amazing yet. I, I mean, I'm just playing Freeze, and it's only ever been great. And I'm like, and I'm searching Europe and America. You playing? Oh, of course. You're, and you play Freeze ranked there. Yeah. Now, now that we can't, now that we don't have our third team member anymore. Yeah. So it's just like, how is that not the one that should be amazing? <laughs> Although you know the, that ranking is proportional to like what they expect. So on the extra playlists. If it does go up to amazing, that'll be in relation to like the average of that playlist, not like not like there are a hundred thousand or whatever. Right. And then the other change they made, which was way more controversial, and we kind of discussed several times before, is they basically put in bans in casual for quitting. Oh, really? Which everyone is super pissed about, unsurprisingly. I mean, 
We, uh, I, I, I guess I'm not against it, but it is a bit weird to put it in casual, right? It needs to be. It needs to be pretty lenient if well, they're going to put I mean, it in there. It's meant to be. I don't know if it's lenient enough. Maybe, but the trouble, like the trouble is, of course, that what happened is they put in any penalty at all. It doesn't matter how lenient it was. Any penalty at all just means that people are just going to be dicks and basically just either AFK or you know just drove in a straight line, which prevents them from kicking you for AFK or just deliberately start own goaling for the next rest of this game mm, which I've seen if, that. If, which of course if that's what ha- would happen in competitive if if the forfeit doesn't go through that will happen quite a lot but in casual you just quit but now you can't because then you get penalised <laughs> so it's actually just made everyone in casual even more shitty <laughs> but for a different reason they don't just get pissed off and leave they get pissed off and then just make the game shit for the next five minutes yeah it hasn't i can see the intent but it hasn't had the desired effect because it doesn't have the effect the desired effect in ranked no let alone casual but what else are you going to do in ranked honestly like i mean in ranked there's no there's no way around it you just have to have the forfeit system in casual there's maybe other options yeah. I mean, the obvious the obvious solution is if you vote to forfeit, but the forfeit doesn't go through, then you can quit without penalty. <laughs> I'm not sure that would help, but that would like just make it one step more. I mean, that's just all that would happen, right? You'd vote for the forfeit, and if it doesn't happen, it's like they don't like. Oh, fine, okay, I guess I'll knuckle down. <laughs> like they they were just like, well, I'm just leaving. Screw um, you guys. Well, it's yeah, like that, there's there's no. There's no way you can penalise in casual and make it make sense, really, unless you unless you do the like ridiculous method that some multiplayer games have tried in the past of like basically just having a hidden stat on the back end that tracks when people quit and then just put them all in the lobby by themselves. Yeah, the sort of like <laughs> penalise the, the bad people the by ar- putting them up with each other. The asshole yeah. category, because that was a. I only learned fairly recently that that was a like a secret category you could be on the. Do you remember when the, the Xbox 360 had like zones? Yeah. you could belong to. There was a cheater zone. The cheater zone. That's how Fall Guys starts to deal with cheaters. You know, put them in the. Oh yeah, play um, together. There's, there's, yeah, plenty of games have have used, used a system like that. Yeah, with a, this, yeah, sh- shadow ban. That's a good way of saying it. Of it's like, trouble- yeah, put all the assholes together. Yeah. <laughs> the trouble with that in the Rocket League casual concept, like that might work in ranked, but in casual, the whole point well well half the point that people are pissed off about is that the point of casual is that you're just playing in a state where you might need to quit <laughs> like i don't know how long i can play for so i might need to quit at any moment yeah, and that's what casual is for so i'm gonna drop it i'm gonna drop into casual so i can drop out yeah mm. but then of course the counter argument that that is as well if you only quit once within a 24 hour period then you're fine you don't get a ban and I mean, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> but then people are like, oh, but the counter argument to that is like, what if I start playing and get interrupted three times in a row? <laughs> it's like, well, yes, I mean, your life might be in that situation where that would happen. But I mean, but maybe you shouldn't be playing Rocket League if that's your situation. Well, but the trouble with that is that Rocket League is kind of an ideal, incredibly short time game, provided you can count count for five minutes. Mm. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Or maybe you should play a multiplayer game that involves a lot more players, whether you're, where your existence isn't so important. Like, I don't know, if you dropped out of chivalry, no one would care. I mean, I, <laughs> the trouble is that, like, the dropping out because of you need to go 
and the dropping out because you're a dick. It's like two completely different reasons, but they, you, there's no way to differentiate them in the game logic to make it so that only one of those gets penalised. <laughs> no, and, unless you're relying on reports. <laughs> yeah, but that's then you get report abuse where people just spam the reports on everyone constantly. It's like that doesn't solve it either. You can't rely on the community to solve the problem. No, not without review, anyway. No. So it's an unsolvable problem, and this attempt they've re- taken to solve it probably is pissing people off more than just people quitting. <laughs> but then report spamming itself is a trackable thing, right? Because you can see the players that are doing that. Well, yeah, but spamming and, like... And then you just disregard their reports. <laughs> yeah, but spamming isn't necessarily, like, that obvious for, like once per game report i mean some you know i mean if you're reporting your entire team every game (laughs) well yeah maybe then it's kind of obvious but then of course there's the other classic problem that we've always talked about in rocket league's report system where it's just like the categories are so inexplicably like what the hell do these even mean Mm. anyway and also one of them doesn't actually do anything (laughs) which one's that well the generic one the unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever. Yeah, which unfortunately is the one that seems like best. That's, to, yeah, to, that's to, the to, only option. To, to the other ones are for and... actual real cheating. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously unsportsmanlike conduct doesn't do anything. Which a bit like real cheating would be almost impossible to tell though, right, in, in Rocket League? I don't know. It's like... Well, it depends what you mean by real cheating. Like aimbots like... or whatever have existed in Rocket League at some point, but... Hmm. But how would you... Because you still have to like rotate within the rules of the physics to actually put your car in that position. Like, well, it'll, mean, be obvi- it'll be obvious it's... if it suddenly went boing and it's facing the right way. Well, but... maybe. I mean, that's like what aimbots are actually in FPSs. Sure, but like, it, yeah, it depends how the game like. What's the word? Like restricts the physics. Because there is like you know you can change the rotation speed on like rolls and whatever so if you Wait, could what? if you could have you never looked at the options really? <laughs> I mean admittedly I play on default control so I technically yeah. haven't either but <laughs> you can change how fast you air rotate I think so to, to you know within limits what and also you could be playing on a keyboard and mouse which has completely different physics to its sure rotations huh weird so anyway that's Rocket League. That's what's going on with its latest patch. The theme this time is Western. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think it's that Western. No, not really. The level is like the only Western thing, really. Yeah. And a cowboy hat, maybe. And a cowboy hat. <laughs> and and even, maybe some TNT wheels. They really haven't come up with any, like, you know, Western goal explosions. You've got the giant finger guns, and that's it. And it's just like, that's. <laughs> Yeah, where's that's that? quite weak. Where's where's a, where's a big pile of tumbleweeds coming out of the goal or something? Yeah, <laughs> or, or like, or just some six suitor symbology or something like could have been used. Yeah, like a like a gun barrel with a bullet flies in or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they could they could have done it. Yeah, they could have just done a variant where the like of the the missiles coming in right where like a tar- huge target appears and it goes ping, 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 <laughs> or like a line of cans or yeah, something like a shooting gallery. Yeah, so they're quite it's quite weak. The finger the finger guns is quite weak. Because it's like it's almost it's it's worse. Like the heart 
Finger the heart. Heart. Oh, I hate all the giant fingers yeah. and emotes, goal explosions. They're all terrible. They're now starting to bring in. Yeah, right. it's a, like the finger. The finger hearts were sort of acceptable because that's sort of what you do. I, I can't even fucking do it. There, really. like, yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, oh, that's like, I, I mean, I, that's sort of acceptable. But the finger guns, like with the same damn like white gloved Mickey Mouse hands. Nah, nah, dog. Mic drop. That was like. Oh yeah, mic drop. I think the mic drop is the best of those. I don't even like the heart. Maybe because I see the heart, it far too much. The heart is used a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. I saw I saw I finally saw an Aston mm. like the D V five. It's a long time to to come across one, but I finally did. So that's Rocket League. Um I played going down the list in terms of length, I guess I played a small amount of Dwarf Fortress. Oh, yeah? I was like, it's time to check in with Dwarf Fortress. Nothing has really changed, of course, because they're not, it's not really, they're not working on that version. They're working on the graphics version. <laughs> they're working on the Steam version. Mm-hmm. I had to look at the version number to be like, how many different versions has it been since the last time I played? <laughs> look at my folders. Probably not many. No, not that many, but still some. But yeah, it hasn't really changed much. I just went back in and well I don't know if it's like I don't know if anything has changed or whether I'm just annoyed by it this time but like I'm getting far too many migrants often times in the past I'd I'd like <laughs> I'd just Not like immigrants. hard limit the cap you just write in the in, in the any file you can just like hard limit your fortress population which is obviously meant to be more of a performance thing. Mm. To be like, <laughs> I can't handle 100 dwarves, just turn it down to like 70 or something. But you can use that to basically manipulate migration to stop them from coming. But I hadn't, I didn't turn that on. And it's, I've always felt that it's a bit much, but this time has been completely ridiculous. It's like you, you're starting a completely new fortress with your seven hardcore dwarves who've gone out into the world to dig yeah. a completely yeah, new yeah. place, and then in under a year you've got sixty people. Right, <laughs> it's like that's, that's not how migration would work. I don't think. I mean, it might because it's meant to be. It's like the way it's meant to work is it's based on the wealth, right? So as you create more things in the fortress, more prosperity, more prosperity, it attracts more migrants. But I like I don't think it's possible to not have like over fifty people within a year. Mm. <laughs> it's like they need to scale it down or something, like the numbers or I, this is why I was thinking whether it's something that has changed, like mm. have the numbers not changed, but the gameplay around it has changed over time because there's so many like for example, there's a bunch of new stuff you can make, like musical instruments and books and yeah. all the stuff for the taverns and the temples, all these new items that you not necessarily have to, but are kind of going to be making. Has that just inflated the amount of wealth that you'll make on average so much? More, more migrants. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. And also, this was a problem way before this problem. But like, once they changed it so that migrants were actually like real people that exist in the world, because as pre- opposed to what? Well, previously it would just generate new. People, new dwarves. Right. Yeah, I mean they it would they it, they'd be generated with like fake history or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but now they're actually like pulled from the historical figures pool of the entire map, so you can actually get like well actual literal historical figures come to your fortress occasionally. Mm. But since they did that, I just find it really stupid that like 
because practically every migrant you get will have legendary skill in something. Uh, and it's right. just like, it's totally devaluing the actual like skill training part of the whole thing. Right, because you mm. can just rely on someone just like, turning up. It doesn't with... matter what your starting seven dwarves skill, because normally you'd be like, okay, I have to very carefully go through my starting seven. I've only got so many points to spend and I have to commit them to certain different skills and put them into different jobs. But now you get like 50 legendary dudes in one year and it's like, well, the first seven are now actually the bad ones. Mm. <laughs> mm. They're all shit compared to all these random migrants who have, like, legendary stone crafting or whatever. They just turn up. But then again, that also, like, contributes to the wealth problem, because if you start using the legendary people to make stuff, they, they make legendary-grade stuff, which is worth more, so your wealth just inflates even faster. And more more migrants come. <laughs> it's just, like, it's, it's cool, but it's not actually really helpful for playing the game. <laughs> hmm. Or at least not the way I like to play it. I don't just like... I. I like a small population where each individual person actually does something. Because when I've got, like, three legendary stonecrafters and I'm like, I can't afford to be making legendary stonecrafters because that's going to fuck up the wealth caps, they all have to not be doing the actual stonecrafting that they're trained in. They just get to be haulers, I guess. (laughs) Or military, I guess, if I get around to making military. And it's sad for them because they came there chasing the wealth, presumably, with their legendary skills. And you're like, nah. And then you get to see it on their skill list where it's like, oh, this skill is legendary, but it's rusty because they haven't used it for a while. <laughs> and then that just gets worse. I don't think it ever de- degrades that actual skill level. Mm. It just like turns into rusty and then like mm. they have to do it for a while to get back up to speed or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of annoying. I don't know. And also, this is just a problem for me because I refuse to play with any kind of mods or whatever. I play with actual vanilla, vanilla Dwarf yeah. Fortress, but like it's always just been such a hassle to manage jobs like assigning people's jobs because there's a there's one option you can change in any file where you can either you can either have the game automatically assign them based on skills so if like a legendary stone crafter comes to your fortress they he will automatically a be a stone crafter right yeah or you can have it not do that and just have them with blank so you have to manually go through and assign them and that's what i have it set to but that's you know then that's a, a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> when you're having like a 25 migrant wave and you're like okay i have to wait basically i just find a place on the map that they're walking past where my cursor is and then like as they come past I just go okay now I'm going to look at this person who's under the cursor and look at his skills and then assign them their jobs and then they walk away and then the next person walks past <laughs> just like just go through Don't the move your mouse yeah <laughs> just go through the process of assigning all these guys jobs as they enter and maybe even nickname profession nicknames based on their jobs if it's something different because a lot of the time you have the there'll be like legendary stone crafter but then they'll be like adequate miller and adequate potash maker or something it's like well I, those are the jobs i actually need i don't want this legendary stonecrafter bit so i have to make them this instead but it won't say that unless i type it in manually as their actual job oh right i see you have to because it automatically assigns their named job based on their higher skill right so if yeah. you're using them for something else you have you if you unless you remember you have to manually give their profession a nickname essentially <laughs> You're a stone crafter, but no, you're not. <laughs> no. You're doing something else right now. Or if I'm feeling lazy, I just put X for everyone who's not currently doing whatever job they seem to be oh, assigned. <laughs> you know to look. <laughs> Normally, that's for military, though, because also practically every migrant has military skills as well as, you know, crafting skills, mm. which is also a bit of a, like, making it too easy almost. Except usually it's all military skills for stuff you don't have, where it's like, I don't need more swords dwarves, because swords are not that great. <laughs> you want hammer dwarves, <laughs> because hammers are 
ridiculously overpowered <laughs> in the physics of Dwarf Fortress. Especially silver hammers, because it's based on weight. Right, not, not softness of silver. <laughs> no, just density. Bang, bang, Maxwell, silver hammer. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you just destroy everything. i definitely call that guy Maxwell. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I've just been re-familiarising myself with some of the mechanics I haven't played with much, like like temples and taverns and guild halls and all that stuff, which doesn't really mean much in the early game. It's just like you assign a little room and then be like, that is a temple to this now specific god. Right. And then everyone piles in there and starts praying. <laughs> or this is a guild hall for this group of people. And then they go in there and do whatever they do in guild halls. They do, like, if the miners guild, and know, it's like, oh, look, there's a, some of the miners are in there. And it's like, you look at them, and it's like, oh, they're doing a mining demonstration. Oh, I see. They're actually doing Yeah, they're actually talking about courses. what they're doing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is actually helpful, because I think that does actually increase their skills. Nice. Because <laughs> it's sort of a, a system that's been used from the military, because in military training, there used to be this system. That, well, I mean, this is. I think this is where it originated, the, like, training session. Where like one the commander of the unit could call the other ones together and then they could train and that would actually skill them up, and, but that's been extrapolated into like the guilds as well, so they can share their skills. But then that's also based on like the there's specific skills for like teacher and student, right? So depending on how trained you are in the teacher skill or the student skill depends on how fast the the experience transfers between them, essentially. Oh, I see. So sometimes, like, I got a couple of dwarves coming, migrants coming to the fortress who were legendary, and I was like, what are you legendary in? Oh, it's not not your actual skill. You're a legendary student. (laughs) You could learn anything I want you to learn. Apparently. Maybe. I don't think I've had a legendary poet yet or musician. Oh, no, actually, I think I do have a legendary musician. I should probably assign him to, like, the tavern or something. <laughs> he could be the entertainment. But then I'd have to make an instrument. And the instruments are all randomly generated as well and have weird, uh, you know, nonsense word names where it's like, this This instrument appears to be a broom handle and a cube of rock or something. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't, what even is this thing? It's okay. got strings, maybe. <laughs> What were the Vic and Bob characters called? Like, was it Birkin O'Hare or yeah. something? Like, where they, 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 every now and then would have like the most random instrument on that thing, like a cheese board with chains attached to something that was clagging. Yeah, <laughs> move the cheese around. <laughs> it's pretty much like that. I mean, I wish there was like some kind of like in the in the Steam version when they come to do that bit. I hope they have some sort of randomized synth just to go with <laughs> well, it. Actual sound effects. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, they maybe. But that's, the you know, as soon as you get into the, the classic Dwarf Fortress descriptive text for any of those, like, all the poems or the dancers, where it tries to, like, give you a description of what this dance is actually like. Like, what, what are the moves that these people are trying to do? Do you have to stand in a line? Is it a square dance? Who knows? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the traditional ridiculousness of Dwarf Fortress as soon as you as soon as you go beyond just the weird graphics and it's just like here's a whole bunch of text that you're never going to see or need to care about but it's there mm. <laughs> the detail of the exact form of these dances yeah all generated mm. yeah so yeah I've been oh and another thing that happened with migrants another problem with this system being that they are real people now one of the migrants came to my fortress and was just insane like from when he spawned 
Right. Because, I mean, evidently that had happened somewhere else because they don't exist. He'd been driven insane. Trans- yeah, he'd been driven insane somewhere else. Right. So he just came to my fortress insane and then just died. <laughs> Although I did get free clothes because insane people <laughs> just take off all their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, free clothes. Sweet. <laughs> Actually, I, hmm, I don't know if when dwarves die, I don't remember if when dwarves die, they get to keep their clothes or not. I think they just become free. So maybe it wasn't the fact that he was insane. It was just that it's he just died. Just that he died. <laughs> right. And you got the corpse running. Yes. I think while they're still alive, they still get to keep the clothes, even if they're on the floor. <laughs> Fair. Something to bury them in, I guess. Do you bury dwarves? Well, yeah. You put them in a you put them in a stone coffin in a stone room, which doesn't sound very hygienic, but that's what you do with dwarves, apparently. Mm. It prevents them from stinking up the place. I didn't know Somehow. You, I didn't know if you could, like, if it had a cremation system or something. Man, that would be easier. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could throw them into a volcano if you feel like it. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure being melted in... Well, no, actually, I guess... I think being melted in lava does actually give you the bad thoughts about it. The bad oh, really? thoughts? Well, from, you get bad thoughts if you, a body decays without being buried. Yeah. And I think falling into lava counts. <laughs> As being decayed without being buried. Right. Even though it's not really the same. <laughs> no. It's harrowing. Well, you, it's not even... I, hmm, yeah, I don't know if... I don't know if you have to witness it or not. Or whether you just <laughs> get them. Because some bad thoughts are like, you just get them. Right. But some you have to actually witness it. Like, if you're walking past the dead body on the floor, then you get that bad thought. But right, I think yeah. the decay one is just like, you just somehow know. Right, you know that that body's rotted or whatever. You can smell it. The smell is a bad thought. Well, no, the smell smell is a separate bad thought. You have actual smell, decay smell from rotting stuff inside. But yeah, that's awful. Still. (laughs) It's a game. You can play it. Definitely. (laughs) It's been so so much of a classic, like getting back into all those menus where I'm just like, oh, these are, I remember all these buttons where I have to push this and this and this and this. <laughs> DVD. <laughs> Muscle memory kicks in. Is that all going to be in the Steam version then? Or? Well, I mean, it seems like they're at least trying to make it mouse driven. I don't know about simplified. Right. It might still be layers and layers of menus upon menus where you just have to click through to a different mm. tree of options. But But you don't have to use the keyboard for everything. No. Seems like anyway. I'm sure I'll just use the keyboard anyway in any case because I remember how to do it with the keyboard. Yeah, you've trained yourself. <laughs> so that's that. Um, the main thing I've been playing for this whole past three weeks, I guess, is Avorium. Oh yeah, <laughs> what's it called? Avorium. Avorium. A V O. R I O M. I was like, ah, wait, <laughs> Avorium. Okay. <laughs> Which I believe is the name of a material in the game. Like some kind of fancy metal. Because that's what the end game ships are going to be made out of. Because it's a spaceship building game. Uh, Factorio? No. More like... Subnautica? No, it's more like... um, It's more like Stormworks, I guess. (laughs) Except you're building spaceships instead of regular ships. (laughs) It's one of those style of like small blocks and you build them into the shape of a thing and then they have functional blocks that actually do whatever you need it to do. Shield generators and, and power generators and batteries and guns and all that kind of stuff. So what, you're in flight already and you're just building as you go and like it's kind of a roguelike in, no, this, in that? No, it's more like a... 
it's more like a traditional space sim esque. Like, I mean, I, it's much more like one of the X games, like X Three or whatever, right? Where it's got an economy in different space systems, and you travel around, and you're trying to get to the center of the galaxy, but then you're also building the ships out of these out of blocks, essentially. Mm. In a, it's not like real time. You're in a build screen. I, I guess weirdly, the build screen is still real time because it's well because it's multiplayer. It kind of has to be. <laughs> So even while you're building, your ship is still actually there in space and can get shot if it mm. if it's just sitting there for enemies to shoot at. But normally that's not a problem. But yeah, so you build these ships out of blocks and then you fly them around. And then as you get up the tech tree, you can build with more blocks and more different fancy kinds of things. Like we've just got to the point of having hangars so we can have like fighters come out. Oh, cool! Of the main ship. Oh, can you? Can you? I assume you don't get to fly the fighter yourself no well i mean unless you build a ship that is essentially a fighter but the, the trouble that i have with it well there's two problems the first problem is the classic problem that stormworks and probably every other game like this has which is that you're going to be sitting there designing a ship for like four hours before you even actually fly it mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> you've got to go through this whole building process it's like terrible in that sense well kind of except in this case you're it's sort of more aesthetic i suppose right then yeah because theoretically, you totally could just build a, well, a Borg cube, essentially. Right. Just build a cube and have all the functional blocks functions. on the inside, and that'd be it. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't really care about physics that much. I mean, it cares about center of gravity a little bit mm-hmm. for, like, thrusters. That'd be perfect on a cube. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in the middle. But yeah, so that's the kind of the first problem. And the second problem is that... that this game tends to move very quickly more towards like naval combat, like rather than dogfighting. Mm. With like, right. you're big and slow, you don't maneuver very well, but you have guns. Strategic fights. But that, the, the, it's the problem with that is that it's too close range to make that as good as it should be. Mm. Like, Enemies just come right up on you, and then that kind of ruins the whole point of a broadside or whatever. <laughs> right, right. They're just flying around you, and you're just trying to rotate to keep your guns pointing towards them, and it just doesn't really function in the way you'd hope it would, because oh, like, the guns are all too short range, and the enemies are all too quick. Oh, everyone's all too quick. Like, yeah, what is the strategy? What is the outwitting? But that's, um, I feel like that's where fighter bays are coming in. Like, right. we're just, we're sort of on this weird middle point in between dogfighting and. Big ass capital ship yeah. style, and I think that's what fighters are sort of bridging the gap at, in at this tier, mm. where it's just like you just build a fighter bay, and then if your guns are in in range to shoot, that's all well and good, but just rely on the fighters. Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why, but like a bit of me kind of likes the idea maybe of a slow paced, navally style. Well, I mean, there's, fight there's, like if there's enough depth to it and enough, you can like sink your teeth into strategically yeah. but you probably need to have just more than you right you probably need to be part of a team mm. so that's why i kind of had a vague interest in dreadnought back in the day yeah um well that was a thing because that actually if you were playing with a team and it was fun <laughs> key point there mm-hmm. game has to kind of actually be fun uh i don't know that could be quite quite interesting right you could just be all like right let's execute this strategy because it looks like they're doing this and da, 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 da. So, so then but then you've got time to actually do it and it's not all just twitchy and uh mm. i don't know there's something to that yeah. um but for the, you'd have to be quite committed to a game like that i guess but... <laughs> well yeah slow pace means you have to commit a lot more although 
It's not like everyone isn't slow paced for the building. <laughs> sure. We're still spending many hours with one of us pretty much just sitting there building a thing. And the other one is maybe going around doing stuff or maybe not. I've got to really build a new ship to catch up. Like I'm one ship behind at this point. So are you building them individually and then flying in a group? Or are you working on the same ship? Like... No, you build them individually. And then there is there is the option, if you really want to, to have multiple people in the same ship. So mm. one guy can control the guns and one person can fly it if mm. you really want to. You can't collaborate in building them. No. Yeah. Oh, I mean, unless you just hand off yeah, whatever yeah. you're doing halfway through. But that's not really the same. Mm. Yeah, so it's possibly some. I mean, what is this? Is early access again? Yeah. yeah. So there's possibly some room to improve that then. Yeah. And then, so. Yeah, I'm like a ship behind because I don't have a ship with fighter base yet. I haven't built a carrier essentially. So I've got an idea of what I'm going to do with that design, which is going to be dumb and weird. Because my main problem is the ship I built at, for the previous stage, which is like the semi fighter style, mm. where I've got some quite long range guns, but it's still maneuverable enough that I can fly around. I have it. I basically so far I've just been stealing designs from Eve. <laughs> or not really stealing them, but more like Inspired. vaguely remembering them and then yeah. building something that kind of looks like it right, and yeah. not getting it very close most of the time. But so I built this ship that's just like a regular, where well, it's just like a lump, essentially, and the guns are on top, more or less. But the trouble with, that I've been having with it is that because of the way the enemies just close in on you and my guns are like long-ish range... Mm. What I've been trying to do is essentially how it works in EVE, which is just kiting them, right? So I'm flying away, shooting my guns backwards at them as I'm flying. But because of the way I designed this ship, the guns are on a forwards-facing slope, so not all of them actually have oh, line of no. sight backwards. So I was mm. like, oh shit, I fucked this up, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> so for my next ship design, I'm going to do something really stupid, where basically I'm going to have... A almost... drop shape. Like... Well, no, I'm going to have a kind of a, basically a sort of a C shape where the guns are in the middle so they can shoot forwards and backwards, oh, but not nice. sideways. <laughs> oh, interesting. So then you're just either barreling towards or so, away from them. Yeah, yeah, you're either facing them down at the start or just kiting them away. And you have, and then like the fighter bay can be on the back on side, the side of the C. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> That'll probably work. Okay. Probably. It'll look real dumb. And who knows? I'm pretty sure engines don't have to be like in line with the center of gravity or anything. I don't think it worries about that. It's only the thrusters for turning that worry about the center of gravity. Right. Mm. <laughs> so I should be okay to make this weirdly shaped ship with a, basically a hole through the middle. <laughs> Actually, I wonder if you, you probably could do that. Just make a tube. Then all your guns would be on the inside and be protected from enemy fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just shoot down the tube. Yeah, you shoot out the tube at either end. Pew, pew. <laughs> Because that's the oh, other. That, that's quite funny, actually. I like that. <laughs> that is the other thing about the design aspect of this is that, I mean, obviously armor to some extent matters, but not exactly. Like every block you place just adds to your total hit points, and when you're getting shot, each individual block has a sort of a hidden pool of hit points that before it like breaks off mm. or gets destroyed or whatever. So there is some reason to like protect your actual functional blocks like the generators or whatever and put them inside the armor mm -hmm. but you're always you're probably always going to be losing bits of armor because if you want to make your ship look nice and you're using like you're making a nice curve or whatever you're using very small pieces which have a very low individual hit points so those individual bits will get shot off all the time mm. it does try and compensate for that like on the like hidden stats or whatever that try and compensate for well allowing you to make things look nice without it all exploding constantly <laughs> But it doesn't always. Mm. And there's certain elements that you just 
like you just have to expose and then they always because they're just weaker in general they always get shot off like the thrusters because obviously you need the thrusters to have an exposed front to be able to, to, be thrust, able to thrust yeah. but they're a, quite kind of a weak block so they're always getting shot off right <laughs> and torpedo can you, can you tubes. put them in a hole well that was the thing i'm not sure thrusters need like i'm not sure it actually detects that there's that there is open space. I think just immediately adjacent to them has to be open. Mm. So I think you probably could just leave a hole and just have your thrusters enclosed in a <laughs> in a gap. I mean, could you not put them in if, in your tube design? Could they be halfway down the tube? <laughs> they could only thrust inwards, and then somehow that would turn. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the tube might be the superior. Shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the tube now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Talk, talking about spacey stuff for a second i want to go on a bit of a segue because yeah. because dad and i watched the pilot two episodes of tng right last night oh, just because yeah. we noticed it was on netflix and it's just well, i don't know we already knew it was there but it was just like you know what i've never seen the pilot yeah and uh yeah okay it's ropey as hell it's ropey. But, but there was a key detail about the holodeck, like following on from our um, holodeck. <laughs> you watched our freelancer videos. Yeah, we had we had a discussion about like what actually works in there, and it's like, like data says has a has a line where it's like, uh, like oh, it, 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 they're, like they're talking to Wesley, aren't they? And he's he's like, oh, they, this this seems so real, and data's like, actually, a lot of it is real, right? And it's like beaming things in or <laughs> or replicating things into the environment. So to answer our question, you mm. could eat holodeck food and not ha- need to have a hollow poo. Right. <laughs> like it would be... Because <laughs> Wesley stepped out and he's, uh, he's and got he's wet. soaked and he's still wet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Moisture feels like the easy option for that, though. Yeah. Not like food. But they do. Mm. I mean, they eat replicated food, so it could just be rep- it could just be a giant... Yeah, but the replicator is a little enclosed area rather yeah. than the whole hollow well, yeah, yeah, but no, if you, if you think that, like, because he seemed to make it suggest, like, if, like, that it was a pattern, like a te- like the teleporters work. Mm. Like, so if they could yeah. replicate the items, teleport them into the environment. Hmm. Using the beams or whatever, but that seems like that'd be a real hassle because when, like, when you're traveling in the holiday, you aren't actually going anywhere. It's like it's scrolling the scene through this enclosed room, so it's just having to constantly leech it out one side and build it on the other end. So, sort of, they made it seem to suggest like, that the wall was somewhere. Yeah, they walked up to the wall, which was weird. Yeah. You'd think you'd, they, it would want to keep you in the middle of the holiday. Well, it does let them do that when they're trying to when they like they need the door. Yeah, and that's true. Like, we need to hit the door button to open the door in the holiday that we can actually see, but we know it's there, so yeah. we have to be able to walk up to the, <laughs> the arch, as it's so called. Yeah, oh, it's weird. So basically, it still doesn't make sense. I don't think so <laughs> because it like and also like you your pattern goes into the pattern buffer when you uh, when you transport or whatever. But if mm. they could just store that pattern indefinitely, you could just make indefinite coffees of everyone. You yeah, could, you could clone. Yeah. yeah, but maybe the pattern they specifically don't make the pattern buffers, so they have enough memory to hold more than one person. person. I thought they were yeah. always disintegrate. They're always losing the. Pattern. Well, yeah, they're always losing data out of that pattern buffer. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's why. It's like yeah. maybe teleportation is actually kind of more dangerous than they make it appear yeah. when they use yeah. it all the time. Maybe like, maybe, maybe we won't teleport down today. Maybe we shuttles. Maybe it's okay to do to replicate like rocks and stuff because it's like simple. Or yeah. yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's varied. But if you do, like, you end up with a really messed up person if you try and use a degraded pattern. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you can't, yeah, you can't store it for long, obviously it degrades, yeah. whereas they don't care about everything else. Or maybe there's literally a storeroom 
Mm. Like on the <laughs> which holds all the props, yeah. holds all the props, <laughs> like, like replicate. That would be a bit much. <laughs> that would be dumb. <laughs> just the hollow store. Uh, that would kind of uh, yeah, that would kind of restrict what what programs you could run. Absolutely, Absolutely. what they had in stock. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was that was my segue. Anyway, yeah. so so Avorian. And then the other part of it, which we've only really just got started in as well, is just like how I compared it to X3. It has an economy and you can build space stations and have them produce different you know, goods and build a production chain and all that stuff, claim a system. We've only just started doing that. Although, again, if you want, you can spend however many hours designing space stations as well as spaceships. <laughs> or, or, luckily, in this case, it's just like, just use the generic NPC models. Mm. Except they're they're all you know it's all procedurally generated, so it's just like if you pick say a farm and it has li- like you know it looks like it's got little enclosed greenhouse fields or whatever, uh-huh. and then they're just spread out around this station design. But then when you're spawning that station in, you can there's sliders to basically scale it, which affects you know its production rate or whatever and how much it costs to build. And, but then it also affects the actual design because it's all procedural. Right, right. And so it's, farms. Also, it's also got like a seed as well in case you want to just reseed it. Reuse it, yeah. Oh, nice. At the same scale. So you can just make them as big or small as you want. And there's actually it actually also does the same thing with ships. I mean, obviously all the NPC ships are procedurally generated, as they would be. But with your ship, there's also an option in the build screen where you can just scale it. So if you've made a ship design... That you like, but... You want a different size. Yeah, that you like but doesn't have enough power or, or health. You can basically just scale it up and just make it just bigger. Just buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. Mm. But kind of also, like, you kind of feel weird doing that. Like, you build a fighter and it's like, well, this fighter is being outclassed now, but I, I can't be bothered to make a new ship, so I'll just make it really big. <laughs> it's, like, then... it's not quite how that works, but to work. Can you like finesse it after you've scaled it up, or can you go in and edit it? Well, that is kind of one of the other problems with its editor at the moment. Is it's one of the things that I feel like it's definitely missing compared to say Stormworks is it doesn't have like a cutaway. Right. Well, it kind of tries to, but it doesn't because in Stormworks it has like a literal plane that you can just be like make all the blocks above or below this plane invisible, mm. so you can just see, and then you can just edit stuff that way. But Avorian doesn't have that. It has a visibility toggle where it's like you can choose which kind of blocks are visible. So you have to. Oh. So if you've got this kind of block, so the sort of trick of designing a ship without necessarily having to know exactly what you're going to end up with from the start is make a internal framework out of literal framework blocks that are like you know basically free and really don't contribute anything to the overall hit points or whatever you build a framework shape you build the hull around the outside and then you use the visibility thing to only show the framework and then you strategically pick blocks out of the framework to replace with the actual functional blocks later oh okay but that only works once of course because then once you've done that then they're there they're there and you have to be like oh well i guess i can swap out some of my generators for shields instead if i show only the generator blocks i can pick them and then swap them for shield blocks but you're just swapping bits backwards and forth Mm. you don't really have very precise because you can't because that's the problem it is a swap so if you've made say like a four by four block on the inside of your ship you can't go in there delete that and then replace it with two two by fours because you can't 
see that place to replace <laughs> to it, replace right? it. Yeah. you can only directly swap it for another four by four so it's a little bit limiting it does have some ability to do it but i'd much prefer just to have a straight cutaway option sure like Tom likes, yeah. yeah we can see that so yeah that's a boring and yeah we can you kind of want to be able to pull in two cutaways at the same time right like a top plane and a bottom plane and then left and right so you can really isolate the room yeah i mean normally one direction is enough for that kind of thing providing it you know does a proper cutaway where it like it only hides blocks once they're fully below the plane or whatever sure yeah it's usually good enough to get through the art through the outer hull in the stormworks editor so yeah we've been trundling around getting into that space into that space (laughs) getting to the point where we're starting to build up a fleet almost except not really because it's weird you can have ships follow you and the, the you know the AI is reasonably competent. Like if you set one of your ships to patrol a sector, if you, for example, to guard your space stations, they're reasonably good at fighting off the random pirate swarms, assuming they're in an appropriately powerful ship. Uh-huh. But like at the moment, our fleet is basically all just individually doing stuff. There's like the ships that we're flying, and then like here's the mining ship, and that's off, and that's somewhere mining, and here's the salvaging ship, and that's somewhere salvaging, and here's the trading ship, and that's somewhere doing a trade route. And it's kind of weird because the system. There's a, just recently been an update that introduced a new system to do what they call operations, where if you have a captain, an NPC captain on the ship, you can basically just command them from the map pick an area and they'll go and do whatever they're doing so you can say mine and then you select an area of the map and then depending on like how many asteroid fields there are in that area that you've discovered Mm. that will change the output of the mining operation but it's like it's a sort of semi extra uh, semi hidden operation like the ship's do still appear, like you could find them, like you could fly through a system and see that ship there doing some mining, but it doesn't really exist. It's like it's it's calculating the numbers, but it's not literally flying the ship from asteroid to asteroid and mm. mining unless you're there looking at it. Yeah. So a lot of the time when you're sending them off on those missions, it's just like Whoa, I'm gonna destroy everything. When you're sending them <laughs> off on those missions, it's basically like they don't they just cease to exist, essentially. You don't see them. But then the old version of this system, you can, if you're in the same system, you can be like, okay, mining ship, mine all the asteroids in this oh. system, and it'll actually go and do it. But the weird thing about that is it, like, it gives you totally different results. Ah, oh, okay. Well, not totally different. It's like mining the asteroids in the system is much more valuable. Like, you get more resources but it's literally the resources in the system. Whereas within the area mining command, it's like the sort of the average of what you should right. get of that part of space. It doesn't necessarily rely on that actually being asteroids there. In the system, right. <laughs> oh, right. So it's like basically the operations version of the orders is like the get stuff for free button. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> You're not actually having to worry about whether that area is mined out or whatever because it doesn't actually matter. Well, I mean, it probably does if it's actually mined out. Essentially, the op- or operations don't consume the materials, so you can keep remining the same area over and over, essentially, as far as I can tell. Maybe. Maybe we just haven't played long enough that it's actually got to the point where it's degraded them. So that's Avorian. I've played quite a lot of it. Avorian. Is it Avorian or Avorium? Avorian. Avorian. No. And an N. Yes, and an N. 
and an I. <laughs> and an A and a V. <laughs> All the levels that make up the word. Of Orion. Cool. Is that you then, Zeg? Yep. Wow. Little, little, little aside. Something I forgot that I just want to mention, just because it's super cool still. I ended up playing a bit of F Zero GX on Dolphin again. Because <laughs> um, why not? Like I, I checked in with Dolphin basically, um, uh, just to see see what's up with this. And they, they've done a few little little updates, and uh, I don't think it really changed too much because F Zero GX still runs absolutely perfectly in fourteen forty p. Lovely, and it's a fantastic game i ended up playing quite a bit of it so i was like i'll just have a quick blast on this a couple of hours later yeah. I'm, still, I'm still going you got boost power you've got boost power i did it did take me a little while to figure out that like i was like oh, I, I don't remember being i don't remember the the cornering being quite so uh restricted as this maybe i've just picked a bad craft so i picked a different craft and it's like oh, i don't Same. know i'm still not turning very well and it's like I went into the Dolphin settings and calibrated my controller because I'm still I'm still using that PS3 controller right now to to play stuff on my PC, and uh, yeah, it's like no, this all this all looks good, and it's like, and then it then it uh, dig, um, digged around in the options for for F Zero itself. It has its own controller calibration that I didn't mm. realize, and it's like like for a GameCube game, that's kind of weird, or a console game in general. Yeah, that's, that is weird. That's pretty odd, um, and so something in that was wrong. So I recalibrated it to the, uh, yeah, I guess to, to so it matched what Dolphin was actually kicking out, and uh, then everything was fine. And I'm not as good as that game as I once was, not by a long shot. Not anymore. No, um, I'm struggling to do. I'm up to. I've cleared everything in expert difficulty, but I haven't quite. I can't do it in master, mm. and you need to do things in master to unlock the extra set of tracks, the the secret AX cup. Um, which has the levels from the arcade game. Oh, sweet! Um, so it's yeah, I haven't I haven't earned those yet. Got work to put in. Got to put in work on my uh, PC save. <laughs> sweet. But man, it's such a good game. I mean, it's it's, it's so good. <laughs> Imagine if they did put that on Switch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could probably quite easily re-release it with mm. like no changes mm. like none at all mm. just put it out again mm. and it would be fine like really like it stands up it's like like you might okay, widescreen you, yeah, yeah. It, it has widescreen support <laughs> so it's like just built in like it always did um it was, i guess it was relatively late in the gamecube cycle right right and they when more more games actually started including that as an option um. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like so. I, I went through. I did that thing where like I went through like it's um, like like library thing where you can just go look at all the craft and stuff, and and was pleasantly reminded that they put the effort in to make every single pilot have a theme song yeah. that only plays in that part of the game. Like it doesn't even play like when you complete like the the uh, a season or or like complete a, a GP. Like it doesn't play like your your character's theme song as as the winning theme, which it probably should. That would probably have been a smart idea. But no, tucked away in these in this in this menu, like there's just you can go listen to every single pilot's theme, yeah. and a lot of them are really great. <laughs> it's like a surprising portion of them are decent, and like not just like little throwaway things either. They're not like like a like a couple of seconds. Some of these are like two minute long themes, yeah. actual songs, and it's like. 
This game is ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. I still haven't unlocked the last chapter of the story. The sort of Phantom Road part. I've done everything else in the story mode. <laughs> Which holds up way less than I remember. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And you haven't even got the Racing God yet. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. I mean, I think that's the next that, one. Yeah, that is the yeah. Phantom Road stuff. Death, what's it called? Death Lord or something. <laughs> <laughs> After he just turns the Black Falcon or whatever he is, the, the enemy Falcon, into just nothing. Yep. Ah, and then Falcon, nobody reacts to the death of this guy in the middle of a, by, by some kind of evil devil guy in the middle of the racetrack. And like Captain Falcon just very casually looks at him and goes, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares about this death that just happened. F-Zero GX. Come back, F-Zero. We miss you. <laughs> One day. Goyo. I wonder if it's one of those things that like could be modded. Like, if someone that, like, if, yeah. if a community cared enough, could they mod? Just, just put more F-Zero in. It'll be fine. What, more tracks. Just make more tracks. Yeah. yeah. Don't have the track, the, F, the F-Zero X track editor thing. Oh, it didn't have an editor in yeah. X. It had a generator. Generator, that's what I meant. The Sorry. X Cup, yeah. Yeah. Um, it didn't know it didn't have that. No. I think they made a track editor for the 64DD version mm. of F-Zero, which only came out in Japan. Um, but there was, there was a, ve- there was a track editor in that, in that one. So I've never actually tried, never actually gone and had a look at that. Oh. That might be something to do. <laughs> Break out the 64 DD version yeah. of F-Zero X. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dolphin's real good. Because uh, I, was, I, I was sort of vaguely looking into that because it's like I was thinking maybe I should get hold of Simu and start having a little look at uh, Switch emulation. And then sort of had that slight pang of guilt about it because, you know, Switch is a real console. And it's like... With, yeah. And it's like I could still buy a copy of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity and then just play the... Uh, emulated version <laughs> that's true to, to get the frame rate you want <laughs> right because it's not because it's shonky on the switch but until super switch comes along yeah it doesn't seem to be on the horizon this super switch uh yeah that was my extra my addendum cool well i've just been playing breath of the wild Woo! yeah it's really good uh, I think we talked enough about that <laughs> uh, over the years, but yeah, it's what a great game. Uh, and that was the main thing. Played a bit more Dirt Rally. And, uh, How are you finding Dirt Rally 2? Yeah, on I'm the, still... On, on the controller? No, I, I, I played Dirt Rally on the controller on the PC, actually. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I was kind of used to it. And yeah, it works fine on the PlayStation. But it's not like I'm that good at, <laughs> at Dirt Rally. I'm okay. Um, but no, probably not as good as you guys with your wheels. Oh, I was never that that yeah. good at Dirt Rally. Actually, mm. like it was, it's a hard, it's a hard game. It definitely seems like you, um, the the, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely behind on a stage, and then like relying on the random guy crashing or whatever, and, <laughs> right? And then yeah. winning the winning the championship. Just is, being, just be consistent. Yeah, exactly. That seems to do, do it. I always had the. Yeah, I always had the problem where some, something, some, either something very random happened, and like, and the physics would go like, I'd be like, what? "What? What the hell just yeah. happened?" Or they'd be like, 
one corner on every track that would catch me out every single bloody time. Yeah, yeah, there's just the one corner, which is uh, like four fifths of the way through the stage. Yeah, yeah. And is 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 either miss pace noted and I just didn't remember? Yeah. Or is uh, I'm sure there was like certain corners in that game where the physics suddenly felt different. Like, and I know that's kind of a thing about ground and stuff like that. But like, there'd be like certain turns, especially. They like they looked like they were the same sort of steepness, but for some reason would be way less grippy, and you'd suddenly be like, "Okay, oh. I'm, I'm now drifting to my doom." <laughs> I'm not quite sure why, and I'd forget that it was again. I'd forget that it's that turn that was problematic. And yeah, so dirt. oh, I remember one stupid thing in Breath of the Wild is that I forgot that the the way this, the the buttons are labeled on the Switch is the bumper is like L. Left bumper right. is L, and the the uh, trigger is like ZL. Yeah. So uh, when I um, wanted to like capture the uh, you know the uh, like the fancy horse or whatever, you have to like mash uh, L. You have to mash L, but I was mashing the wrong button. So I was like, why can't I? I was like, I kept uh, eating more and more food to get more and more stamina, and like no matter how much I had, I couldn't I couldn't calm the stupid horse. <laughs> I realized I was mashing completely the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a while because you have to, you can get the fancy horse as as a side quest, but also there's a shrine quest where you have to uh, um, you have to ride a a, a deer, yeah, or whatever. And I just forgot the calm had the wrong calm button because for some reason I thought, what is it on the game cube? On the game cube, Z is effectively the bumper, yeah, above oh, uh, right. above R. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's anyway. so. They, so they swapped them at some yeah. point, yeah. And I I just forgot and I. Yeah, so that I mean, stupid. I mean, I when I was setting up Dolphin for the that PlayStation, I forgot which way round Y and X were right, right. on, on the GameCube controller because yeah. they're the right way round right, on the right, GameCube right. controller. The, the Y is at the, the top, switch, yeah. yeah. And then they did the traditional layout is yeah Instead Y, on, y yeah. on the right and X yeah. on top. Yeah, yeah. I'm always forgetting the, the buttons, but yeah, that's all working. Because I was like, why can't I attack anyone? Oh right, because I've mapped break to the attack button. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally, right? I think that's going to be me. That's going to be a, a cast that's just a, about on time. On a podcast, on a podcast, in person, a podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, check it out our YouTube channel where we have a bunch of freelancer at the moment. Bunch of it, and just one or two other videos, and one or two other videos. We've sprinkled through. in some Jet Set Radio, just a yeah. So if you're excited about Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, check out the original Jet Set Radio with our commentary. <laughs> Let's see what you think we think. Check about. out Rob's memory. Yeah. <laughs> see how badly we remember it. Oh, uh, no, that, it was, that, that was not the, what the problem that, was. That was but, no, yeah, yeah that, was, that was not the problem. Yeah. My short term is uh, problematic, it seems. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if you want to see us slowly go insane, uh, check out our YouTube channel. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for another salad cast. Yay! Bye. <laughs>